Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt and we're going to talk about some video games this week. Um, News, there was like not a lot of stuff over the past two weeks, but some of it was pretty large, I would say. Yeah, I think think there was a decent amount. I mean, some of it was just like weird controversies. Some weird controversies. Uh, So we don't technically have... uh, like specific topic to talk about for the final part but we'll probably just yell about crackdown some because it comes out next friday and next week we will definitely find some specific topic but Mm -hmm. this week i thought about how much i might talk about kingdom hearts 3 Mm -hmm. inadvertently and then the podcast would be too long if we also had like a separate topic to talk about I would, if you want to talk about that rather than Crackdown. Uh, look, man, we can talk about both. That's fine. Okay. I can go about Kingdom Hearts all day. But we, uh, if that's what you want, we uh, we can do a spoiler cast. Uh, I can't spoil it, but I okay. can talk about it at length because I have numerous opinions and thoughts. All right. Uh, to start, we're not video game related necessarily, but a Fast and the Furious spinoff movie, uh... Hobbs and Shaw with The Rock and Jason Statham was announced, and mm. I did lose my shit. Yeah, it's got the uh, the actor that was in The Office that hated Jim. Oh, Idris Elba was in The Office? Yeah. You Dang, know. I never watched that far. Oh. Or that I don't remember. No, I mean, it was probably season four. I do not remember this. Yeah, because he, he was brought in to basically work with michael and that was the reason why michael left and started his own company the michael scott i guess i kind of remember this but i Mm -hmm. now only imagine idris elba as a british action movie person Mm. so this move i can't i can't do it man (laughs) fucking (laughs) the beginning of this trailer they talk about how he is being genetically engineered to become bulletproof and at first you're like Oh, cool. That's metaphorical. It's not metaphorical, <laughs> dude. He's literally just has the powers of Luke Cage. Like, he has super strength and he is bulletproof. But it's okay because The Rock and Jason Statham are going to explode a lot of stuff and kill everyone to fight him. While they don't like each other. They don't. So the only the only downside of this film is that The Rock was being a tool which is why uh, they are making this without Vin Diesel in them, is because he felt like he was not the uh, the main draw of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm. There was a lot of like controversy, and like Tyrese Gibson was yelling a lot about it. And oh. I, they do not seem to all get along at all. That's unfortunate, especially in real life. But they did confirm at some point that there will be another actual Fast and the Furious movie. So hopefully. It continues the trend. I mean, this one, they're fighting a literal bulletproof man. Mm -hmm. So I think that my theory that they go full anime into space in the next movie is very plausible. (laughs) And if someone that uh, works on the movie wants to reach out to me, I'll help you write the script (laughs) for the next one. I have a lot of good, good Fast and the Furious ideas. I don't, fuck man. Yeah, that I was. I watched that trailer. I watched I it a went, couple times now, and I, I, dude, it completely unexpected. No. It, it goes in directions, which it was a long trailer as well. It, it was long. Yeah, there was a lot happening. Um, so the thing that I find weird 
but is not as weird in this movie because it is just The Rock and Jason Statham was in the previous Fast and the Furious movie, how they accepted Jason Statham into their like family after he literally killed Han. What if Han comes back? And that's that's like all I want. Deal. That's literally all I want. I don't care what happens in the next movie. It could be three hours of them sitting at a table. I don't care what it is, as long as Han is somehow resurrected from the dead, and they like have some terrible excuse writing wise about how he I like mean, they had to fake his death so he could like get out of a yakuza debt or some shit. I love this franchise more than anything else it's ridiculous i feel like with the direction they're going with this movie oh, they dude, don't even have to literally try. anything could happen <laughs> exactly anything could happen like all i think about when i think of this franchise is i don't remember if it was the maybe it was it was fast five the post credit sequence where the i think it's the rock sets the file down or no sandra bullock sets the file down and then is like do you believe in ghosts and it's like a picture of letty uh that was sandra bullock i believe so okay i I do not remember sandra bullock maybe it was not sandra bullock but i thought it was anyways that is the perfect encapsulation of this dumbass series for me is that one liner Mm -hmm. and that it was about someone who in theory had died but did not and then in the movie has amnesia. What a fucking banger. It's a great... Oh, I love The Fast and the Furious. Yes. Just... But to talk about video games now... Um... Before we do... Okay. Do you think there's any chance that they bring back... Uh, Gal Gadot was... Gal Gadot was, Gadot, was yes. Han's girlfriend. And no, I do not think she would come back to this franchise. I was going to say, like, I feel like she's gotten too big She's now. too good for it now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Because her character... Giselle ruled as a character. She, she was, was a sick motorcyclist. Yeah, and yeah. she was good at shooting people. She was very good in the franchise. But, yeah, she, like, got run over by a plane, right? <laughs> I... They're, they're making a genetically, a genetic human, like no, a I'm super just, genetic no, human. No, I'm just saying that's that's how she died. Yes, I think yes. when she was run over by the huge jet Harrier. Yeah, yeah, there was something. Yeah, that shit was stupid. Uh, awesome. Yeah, because then, I can't remember, it's either Vin Diesel or The Rock fights that, like, comically large guy on the plane. Yeah, And yeah. He, they, like, can't hurt him. I, dude. I want to watch all these movies again. I've watched them numerous times. Uh, we watched them all like in succession. We did, time. and that rolled. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious sucks, though. I stand by that. It's not, but it brings in Tyrese Gibson, and that's why it it's does. An okay movie. The part of Too Fast, Too Furious that I will always remember that as a child I really freaked me out was when they put the popcorn bucket with the rat in it oh, over the yeah, guy's yeah. junk, and then they put a lighter no, on it. No, it was, like, on his stomach. And, what, and he's, like, trying to, like, burrow out because of the heat. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's not good. That movie was PG-13. <laughs> I remember just a lot of, like, basically naked women in a lot there of the There were, but I, well. that scene specifically was, oh, yeah, like, yeah. this is really fucked up. I mean, I guess you don't see the rat, but the... Mm-hmm. concept of what is happening is really not great it made me scared of rats for a very yeah long that's not time. that was yeah. i just remember seeing that when i was probably too young to think about a rat burrowing into my stomach and was like wow 
Yeah, that's, uh, that's... Don't do any illegal activities. Or yeah. This could happen to me. Which he was a police officer. He, he was, but they had caught him because he was undercover. I believe was No, the... they were like... They knew he was a police officer and they were using him to like... They they didn't oh, want police to... to... You're right. So he was like a dirty cop. Yeah, man. Which you know, don't if you're, do that. Yeah, if you're a cop, don't don't go dirty. No. Otherwise, <laughs> bad things can happen. You might get your stomach eaten out by a rat. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's fucked up. It is. All right, but to get into the video games for real now, um, Sony patented a thing that dealt with backwards compatibility all the way, which yeah. is shocking. I, I mean, I'm not really shocked about, like, the PS1, PS2, but, like, the PS3 is very interesting just because... I 100% do not think that this will happen. I Like, I think that they patented the ability to do it, but if the PS5 comes out, I think it will only be backwards compatible with the PlayStation 4. You don't think even, like, PS1? No, because the PS4 can't do PS1 discs, but the no. PS3 can, and right. the original ps2 models or ps3 models that had the special chip in it they could do ps3 ps2 no they could oh you're right ps2 yeah but even then it's like confusing because i was looking into this one night and it's like it's the fat models but it's the fat models with like the four usb if it's only it was but it was those were all of the ones that came out at launch yes yes so when i got a ps3 i it was not backwards compatible I also am not positive that it properly emulates every game. Like, I think it was a similar thing to the 360, where some of the Xbox games, they just, mm. you couldn't play. But that one was also, like, they did that through firmware on the 360, right. not a physical chip. Mm. Uh, it, which is interesting, but the PS3's architecture with the cell processor is yeah. so different than the x86 architecture they use now, that I I literally don't think that they reasonably could right. put every PS3 game. Yeah, that's and why have I like. Work. That's why I was questioning the PS3. I think the PS1 and PS2 is doable because you they can do PS2 games now. But yeah, but like think about from a Sony business perspective, right? No, yeah, yeah. like they they sell the PS2 classics for ten dollars a piece on the PlayStation Store now, and right. they're updated. They're slightly higher res. They have trophies. Like, that makes more sense for them. I feel like having it be PS1, PS2, and PS4 games on a theoretical PlayStation 5 mm -hmm. would be like... I, I don't know why you would go back that far, you know what I mean? Because I, the, the chances yes. of like someone like me existing who still has a shitload of PS1 games that mm -hmm. they would put in a PlayStation 5 is very slim to right. non-existent at all. The only reason why I would think it is just because of how much xbox has been pushing that but i mean xbox is so far behind that i it is they have yeah. to kind of like do something to kind of make people happy where i don't think sony's really worried about that as much no sony doesn't seem to be worried about literally anything which was the problem that they had to going from the ps2 to the ps3 and we all saw how that turned out so i am worried for their future there's console two things that i would argue one, I, they overpriced the PS3, which, I mean, it was... By the, a hilarious amount. Yeah, yes. $600 yes. at launch. Where the Xbox was, like, 300 Yes, and it came out first. Yes. So, like, the, that really set them behind. They had a large... Yeah, Microsoft had a large head start, mm -hmm. but they also... And then the other big thing is they... 
right now they're in a great place with their exclusive games. Like their developers yes, are doing the work. That is true. But I mean, everything else with Sony, there's definitely some issues. Well, they're still being super shitty about the f- crossplay yes. stuff. Like it's unbelievable. There was an article I read the other day about some indie developer being like yeah, we've reached out to Sony like a billion times and mm-hmm. no one's ever gotten back to us. We have not been approved for their beta crossplay program, which is insane. Yeah, that, I I texted you this like last week. I think when the PS5 gets announced, like that's going to be like crossplay on everything but and they're going to make I, a big deal out of it. It should that's what's oh, annoying yeah. is it shouldn't be a big deal. Like no, you should no. just it should be a thing. Like, I bought Wargroove on the Switch. Mm-hmm. That's crossplay between Xbox One, Switch, and Steam. And then that makes sense why the PS4 version was delayed, is because they're probably going to wait until, in theory, they can get it approved for crossplay. That, or hope that it can build up a big enough fan base for PlayStation. Uh, like, it just. I, I don't get their reasoning mm. behind that. Like, it seems. Like, they're just being obstinate at this point. Like, there is no real reason for them to hold it back anymore because while it might be profitable for them from a business standpoint Mm -hmm. to not let that happen, it is also very negative (laughs) for them from a business standpoint when Microsoft and Nintendo constantly are dunking on them in literally every crossplay ad. Which, I mean, we'll talk about some news later. They're, yeah. Microsoft like, uh, and Nintendo are getting a little too cozy. Yeah, I think. they're getting a little friendly over there. But I just... Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I worry because the PS2 is probably one of the greatest consoles ever to be made. And Sony did a lot of crazy shit during that era. And they got bought a lot of goodwill. Right. And then the PS3 came out and they literally pissed it away. So then coming back to the PS4, it was interesting to see them like trying so hard with the weaknesses that the Xbox One had when they Mm -hmm. announced it. They like really found the chink in the armor and stuck the knife all the way in there. But I just I feel like they're going to reverse it in the in the next thing. Like, I think that because of the steam that Microsoft has been building with things like Game Pass being like a theoretical Netflix for games, having a huge offering of games already Mm -hmm. that then you would probably be able to play on a new console. Right. Um, Like, they they have so many things going on. They're going all in on cross-play. They actually update their fucking UI. I mean, granted, the UI of the Xbox One has been largely not great, but it is improving over time still. Mm -hmm. Like, they still make changes to it, whereas, like... When did the cross media bar thing change on the PS4? Literally never. Yeah. So and, and people always make comments about the Xbox being slow. I find the PlayStation there's quite a bit of lag with it too. No, mine's not that bad. Oh really? But I have a pro, so I guess I can't it, really. Yeah. And I have like an original PlayStation yeah. 4. So like just stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it seems like Microsoft is gaining steam and then Sony is going to continue on their weird path of like, hey, we're at the top here. Mm-hmm. No one can touch us. And then it's like, oops, we done goofed <laughs> for a generation. But I mean, hey, more power to Xbox because it actually them doing all this stuff right. makes Sony, in theory, have to try harder. Mm-hmm. It's not look from the outside that 
<laughs> that they are, but mm-hmm. you know. I see for me personally, and it's probably for you too, the crossplay is this weird thing. Like I don't this, I personally don't will, would never use it. Yeah, like it's so it's it's just an interesting thing because right. the younger generation doesn't get that. Like you and I, like if all our friends had PlayStations and then I went out and bought an Xbox and then I was like, wait, I can't play with you guys. <laughs> we would just kind of, you guys would be like, you jackass. Like, yeah. What like, were you what doing? What the fuck were you doing? <laughs> yeah. Where now the young kids don't get that. Like they, all they know is like, I, I have a switch. I can play Fortnite with my Xbox friends. I can play Fortnite with my PC friends, which now I guess they can do with the PlayStation friends as well. But they, my point is like, they don't understand that like, it Sony's just backwards with this and just kind of like kind of like what Nintendo is where Nintendo is just not up with the program but in this even Nintendo it understands yeah the crossplay the whole, and it it is also a more recent thing that yes. I, people have always wanted crossplay but like I, I think since Minecraft started to exist mm-hmm. and you could play it on like a toaster like you can play it on anything right. that has a processor basically and it will work okay mm-hmm. and so it's just like oh i now i can take my creations to other things right. or like play with my friends on phone all this stuff and then fortnite blew up in such a huge way that it made it an even bigger deal which rocket league was free first game. rocket league was the first one that you really started to hear about the crossplay. yeah like. and that was like more because I think it was PS4 and PC crossplay originally, and then Which, the I mean, Xbox version came out a while later, I think. But Street Fighter did have crossplay. Street Fighter Five did between PC Speed, and right. PS4, but that's what it would usually be. Would yes. be between a console and PC. Yes. Never the Twain shall meet for the consoles. So it was just. I, I, I don't know. I, was I, it Fortnite that accidentally did? Accidentally. Oh, yes. Fortnite, unquote. air quotes, accidentally turned on crossplay for all consoles. And mm-hmm. It worked. <laughs> so that's fucked up because I feel like that is what started the whole thing mm-hmm. where they're like, oops. Mm-hmm. And it is it very works. much possible and it totally worked. So then it makes Sony's terribly flimsy excuse of like, we got to test it mean nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other than that, like, in theory, you would interact with people on mm-hmm. different platforms, right. on a different network. And that's their whole, oh my god. Their whole they... thing about how unsafe it was, was like, yeah, man, it's unsafe for you to mingle with these Switch players in Minecraft. Like, what the fuck? That's not even an argument. Right, yeah. And then they really fucked up with um, <clears throat> making it so you can't even use the same Epic account. If that was, was heinous, yeah, yeah, when they released Fortnite on the Switch, and you, then if you had made a PS4 account, yeah. it would lock your account. Yeah, it, that was... Yeah, man. That... So, I... If Sony was smart, getting back to what we were originally talking about, yeah. I think the backwards compatibility, it has to have PS4. Oh, definitely. I it, think that that is a given. It, I, If they don't, I will be personally disappointed as well, because as someone who has a PS3 hooked up over mm-hmm. here and a PS4 hooked up over there, I do not want to keep my PS4 hooked up. When I have a PS5, like, for the love of God. If you could get all of them, I feel like you would be the happiest that'd person. Be, that'd be super dope for me, personally. Yes. Yeah, but I I think that's a pipe mm-hmm. dream. A PS4, for sure. Right. I, they desperately need to do that. But that's because 
if they don't, then Microsoft's going to be like, hey, guess what? But like, You can play 360 games and original Xbox right. games. Get fucked. Which they already have that. Yeah. So Because that, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but that's how we're playing Mass Effect on yeah. Xbox One, but just the backwards, backwards compatibility. compatibility yeah. Which is just very nice and convenient. It is, yeah. Because the Xbox One is a lot better than the, the 360. <laughs> yes, it is. It's also way less of a pain in the ass to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so. and, and I think the controller's a lot better yeah i never like mm. used a lot of 360 controllers right. personally but i i agree with that the xbox one controller is like heavy yeah i, I like the way it feels yes it, yeah it, it feels very sturdy mm-hmm. all right so then our next news thing was uh the dreams beta it, it, it was will, a closed beta right it was a closed beta and then all, and it was really, I mean, like, you couldn't talk about it at all. Not at all. Yeah, they had to sign NDAs. Um, Which, I mean, there was one Twitter that kept oh, tweeting yes. things. And I was like, come on, man. You, <laughs> this is why they don't really have this kind of stuff. Because <laughs> there's always going to be that one well, person. Well, that's what that I is... think. It, that's what I think is weird is a lot of the time now, closed betas, you get invited to. But it's mm-hmm. just like you got invited to the beta early before right. it goes out to everyone. And then it doesn't make much of a difference because they like don't change it. So for so for people who don't know what Dreams is, Media Molecule is the developer that made Little Big Planet. Right. And so it's just they are known for those creation tools in Little Big Planet one, two, and three. And they also made Mod Nation Racers, which was a uh, kart racing game where mm-hmm. you could make the tracks and do all that stuff. Dreams is their new game that in theory is coming out this year. I. I... I hesitate to call it even a game because it feels more like a game engine. Yeah, so now Dreams is like this weird, basically, game maker. Originally, when they pitched it, it was so fucking weird. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Where they, like, used the move controllers to, like, sculpt with clay the talking heads, and then they were, like, puppets, and everyone was like, what? What Mm -hmm. is this? So it turns out it is the creation tools that Little Big Planet was built on, but amped up to the point where it might as well just be a full-fledged development tool. Yes. And so I had heard people saying that, and I was like, oh, well, everybody says that. Like, they said that about Little Big Planet. They're like, you mm. can make anything. Now that that NDA is up and there are videos out there mm-hmm. of some of the shit that people made in that beta, knowing full well that it would be wiped from the servers before launch, it's it's crazy. It's not you. You're not going to lose that. I guess you if you had if you had the beta, you could download that. Oh, okay. And then you That's can cool. upload it after. Nice. So like, you're not going to lose lose any of that. It, I mean, if if you're like, if you yeah, because some it. of those would have taken mm-hmm. a long time. Because I know how hard it was to make a level in Little Big Planet, and right. that's with less fully fledged tools. Mm-hmm. This shit probably takes forever. Which, which I mean, this is, I mean, the cool thing is with the collaboration, where you, like you kind of build up your level. So if you want to just basically make music, you can just build up your music level, and then then if you're Let's say I'm making a game and I'm like, oh man, I need some music. I can look at like who like the high level music people are and then I can kind of contact them and ask them to make music for my game. Yeah. So I, I there's this weird collaboration with it. And also I, I didn't really think about this, but I heard just a podcast uh, talk about it. They said it's going to be great for developers to make like 
proof of con like uh, concept, concept type stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, because I think it's going to be much easier than working with Unreal, at least at first. It's definitely going to be easier than working with Unreal, but it also seems like I think it's going to be a little bit floatier, and it's not going to be as tight type of yeah. thing. But at least for proof of concept, uh, I, it could really end up sparking some really cool things that we see. And then there's also one thing that I thought was really cool. It keeps track of like all the little things that you updated throughout. So you can go, you can say like, "Oh, this is a cool game," and then you can go back through its history and play through the different iterations oh, throughout. Nice. So you can kind of see where it started and where it is now. Yeah, yeah. But if you are, have like any interest in dreams, like look mm-hmm. up videos of what these things were. Mm-hmm. Some of the shit I saw was crazy. Like yeah. I was telling you before the podcast, I saw a recreation of Kokiri Forest from the Ocarina of Time. Like other than Link's model being a weird clay man, yeah. it was exact. Like it was identical. It had the music. Mm-hmm. It was a full recreation of that whole thing in a way that is like holy shit right you can do some wild stuff with this obviously i saw someone recreated super mario brothers 1 1 which is if you can create something in anything usually Mm -hmm. people will make super mario brothers 1 1 it holds true here except for the part where it is literally the level because they were controlling pixel mario yeah and it was like wow this is uh it probably didn't feel the same no but it you looks, could see some yeah. of the jumps in the physics and stuff but i can you tweak that stuff yes, i think you, you can. can so you could make it probably feel more yeah. like it yeah. or at least more and just huge environments like i saw like a very modern looking house but it was looked like something you would find in a modern game mm-hmm. uh yeah, I saw a weird rendition of Cuphead that was not quite exact. No, it was more like 3D It was Cuphead. more 3D Cuphead, and he would shoot from his fingers still, so that was strange. Uh, but just the level of variety mm-hmm. and everything that was showcased, I like buying these kinds of games so that I can play those things mm-hmm. and then never engage with the creation aspect. And it's not that I don't like being creative in those ways it's just that when i don't have objectives Mm -hmm. it drives me nuts that's why i like terraria better than minecraft is mm -hmm. because terraria it's like you have to build your house and stuff but then also you're working towards like going to fight a boss or Mm -hmm. doing a specific thing there is going to be a weekly objective where it's just like uh create a song that's like this and then you can kind of compete with your friends so Mm. if if you don't want to like create like this huge world yeah or game you can at least kind of just kind of dick around with the the various stuff or maybe it'll be like make an apple or just kind of create some more basic things so but yeah I, i think i'm gonna be more interested in just seeing what other people make and it wasn't in the beta but i guess they've made like a youtube browse thing where you just kind of like you can play a game for 20 seconds and then move on to the next game and just keep kind of bouncing around from oh, game to game. And then if you, you really like something, you can kind of stick with it. I used to do that in Little Big Planet. And there mm-hmm. are two types of levels I hope are recreated in Dreams. The ones where you get on a roller coaster and don't do anything mm. because I like those. And me, Willie, and Nukio somehow stumbled upon a type of level that a lot of people made where you are running on platforms above water and sharks will try to catch you and destroy the platforms. Mm. 
most of them were hilariously broken and the sharks would have rockets on them and like fly up out of the water and the physics of little big planet were so stupid that it was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever mm-hmm. done but we had a lot of fun with right. those so i need uh shark levels and dreams i and think someone will hook me up i saw a lot of great levels uh in just great games yeah i i know you didn't really watch any watch too much yeah of not stuff. a whole lot but did you see the OU What You Looking At? No. Oh, it's just this like really bad boxing, like kind of like two play. It's a two player yeah, fighting yeah. game, and it's on a platform. But then like there's this song in the background that's just going Oi, You What You Looking At? <laughs> it, it, it it is it's fantastic. <laughs> if that if people make stuff like that, it'll be a lot of fun. Yes, just... I, that's the kind of stuff that I very much look forward to. I, I'll show you after. All right. the, I think you'll, you'll yeah, really I'll like it. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. <laughs> oh, man. So, I'm excited for Dreams. I think you are. Yeah. I, I, if it comes out this year, it could be a fun thing to just stick around for Extra Life for an hour. Yeah, like just mess around with it. Mm-hmm. So... And so the next thing is a rumor, but it seems like it is a true rumor. Yes. Uh, the Nikkei, the basically most mm-hmm. prominent newspaper in Japan, when they report things, it is almost certainly real. Yes. Because they have to actually have real sources. Yeah. Um, they were reporting that there may be a Switch Mini coming out in uh, 2019 here. Which it seems like it's going to be without the dock. Yes. And it'll just kind of be, it'll be meant to be more of a handheld. Yeah, more of a small handheld thing. Which I could see for people who are on the go, the Switch is not the most convenient thing to be carrying around with you. It's kind of big. and I am a moron, so Mm -hmm. I will buy whatever Switch they put out uh, because... Usually with their handhelds, like the DS, and then they put out the DS Lite, the second or third iterations are always better. And then I never bought those. Like, I still have my original Clamshell DS, even though right. the DS Lite is amazing. I have the original dumbass Game Boy Advance, even though the SP is infinitely better because it had a backlit screen. But do you want a smaller screen? I don't care about the smaller screen sometimes when i'm sitting there holding the switch in handheld mode i think to myself this could be less large okay so you, you would kind of prefer bit. it yeah so i would just keep the regular switch over there with in the tv all the time and then i would have my handheld switch like a criminal do you think think you'll be able to kind of like link the accounts or will well you? i fucking hope so otherwise i don't know because like there's do they have the cloud saving now, They do right? if okay. you pay for their dope service. Okay. Because I was going to say, that would really suck if you're just like... It would. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> so, my thing with this is they claim it's just going to be a smaller Switch, right? Yes. How how does that work with Joy-Cons? Because the Joy-Cons, in theory, have to be of the same size on the same rail... So is it just like you have bigger controllers and then the screen is like whoop and like goes in and is smaller? Or are they just going to create new Joy-Cons? They okay. Well, this this is the thing I want is I want smaller Joy-Cons with a real D-pad. I just want Joy-Cons with a fucking D-pad. It's all I want. I, I would guess, but then it's going to create this whole thing where if you go to the store, then it's like. You might this buy one's the wrong... compatible with D-pad. Oh, yeah, you yeah. might buy the wrong Joy-Cons because, like, oh, this is the smaller Joy-Con. That's what I'm saying. I think they will keep the same ones, but... 
I refuse to pay $80 for another set of Joy-Cons, but I would not refuse if they had a D-pad. Mm. That was good. And I think I'm going to be let down forever because it keeps making me buy all these indie games on PS4 instead of Switch, even mm-hmm. though I they're probably great on Switch, is I want to play a fucking platforming game like Celeste with a D-pad. Yeah. And then I did do that. I just bought it on mm. PS4 and played it with a D-pad, but I originally was going to buy it on Switch and was like, no. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, and, and for me, like I'd buy more on the Switch, but like I like the trophies and achievements. Like you're you're going for the platinum and Kingdom Hearts. I think if Nintendo did that kind of stuff, theirs would be very interesting as well. It would, but they They're have just, made it clear that they have no interest yeah. in achievement systems, and that's fine. But, I mean, uh, it's I, it's making me, so, like, I'm just, like, I'd rather go for that kind of stuff. Cause I, I, I kind of like Like, in theory, it. I don't care about the trophies anymore, except for certain things where it's like, oh, I'll just go for this because it exists. Mm-hmm. I would buy more games on the Switch just because I don't have to necessarily play it on the TV and I can pull right. it off the dock and just, like, lounge around or whatever. But the the D-pad is like a deal breaker for me in a lot of stuff, which right. most of the indie games I would just sit on the couch and play like that. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why I wouldn't just get it on PC or PS4 instead because of, of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I wanted to get Hollow Knight, and I, I can't even imagine playing Hollow Knight with an analog stick. It makes me upset. Yeah. Fighting games as well. I, I need that D-pad. The same, which I'm never, I would never buy a fighting game for the Switch. I one will come out and make me eat those words, but I honestly feel like I would never buy a fighting game for the Switch. So yeah, unless uh, well, Super Smash Brothers is a whole other debate about whether or not it's a fighting but game. But I mean, that's but it's also, meant for an analog stick. I was gonna say that is built for an analog stick, so that's different. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that would be interesting. Yes. Uh, especially because I know many people mm-hmm. are very vocal about how they only play it in handheld mode. Right. And so that's good for those people, except for the part where they already have a switch. So. Yeah, I, I would say probably ninety five percent of the time it's docked. Yeah. So for me, like a mini, a switch mini just doesn't. I don't know. It, it, gives, it's, it gives options, more yes. options for them. They can I, I hit think their if... hilarious goal if they have mm-hmm. two on the market. Yes. I think if we lived in the city and we were, like, taking public transportation and stuff, it'd be a different story. I cannot play the Switch driving to work. No. That would be very dangerous. And I have, like, a five-minute commute to work. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that doesn't necessarily work for us. But for someone, it will be very cool. I will buy it anyways because I'm a moron. But, uh, yeah. I guess I did buy more 3DSs because I have the new 3DS XL right over here. Because the original one, God, I hate playing I on the original. I still can't believe they released this and they didn't give a power cable. That's Power crazy. cables cost a lot of money, Matt. You can't put them in every 3DS. Yeah, but what if you never had a 3DS before and that was the first or one? Or what if you're me and your dumbass cats chewed through the charging cable yeah. while it was plugged in and then you have to buy a Chinese knockoff that doesn't charge it as well because yeah. Nintendo ones cost like $30 yeah. for no reason. Yeah, you could live that life. Mm-hmm. Fucking cats. But at least now, the Switch, I mean, in theory, you can use a, just like your cell phone charger. Yeah, that would, that would work. Um, so, I yeah, it would just be USB-C, because everything is Yeah, USB-C that's what now, I mean so by the Switch. Yeah, yeah, it's no different. Uh, and moving on to our next uh, sweet news article here. 
This is the uh, the controversy that I was mentioning. This one I don't... There are... I feel multiple different ways about this. So as we've talked about before, the Epic Games Store. Yes. Really heating up. They got a lot of users from Fortnite. They thought, why don't we make a store to compete with Steam? We have a built-in user base for this purpose. Yeah, I mean, they, they had the... They didn't... It wasn't quite a store, but they had, like, the... I don't know what you'd call it. Storefront. The storefront, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, it was basically just for Just Fortnite. for Fortnite, yes. So now they got all their hot releases. They have a better revenue split than Steam does. A considerably better. So developers are going to the Epic Store. Uh, Ubisoft with The Division 2, mm-hmm. which the internet didn't seem to get too upset about it. No, that one is fine. So this one is different, though. So Metro Exodus is a game that is coming out very soon. Yes. A couple weeks. This one is different because the Division 2, they announced originally it was going to be on the Epic Game Store. Metro Exodus was on Steam for Mm pre-order for probably about a year. Definitely numerous months. And so people had paid for it in full on Steam thinking Mm -hmm. like, we're here on Steam. It's fine. They pulled it from the Steam store, like, so you can't buy it on the Steam store anymore, and we're just like, yeah, we're going over here to the Epic Games store right. now. But what's weird is, because people had already paid for it on Steam, they have to still honor those pre-orders because they pay and get the money in advance. Right. So, on all of those pre-orders, they still have to honor that on steam so people who did that will have metro exodus on steam mm. and anyone who wanted to do it now can't in theory that's not a big deal i don't i don't think that's bad because it's not like they refunded everybody's money yeah and you're just it's not a multiplayer game it's a single player first person shooter like whatever the thing where it gets weird is say i definitely wanted it on steam right Mm -hmm. and i don't have an epic account which you don't in theory true i'll talk about it after this i have a whole fucking thing i can go into (laughs) fucking epic account but um in theory like say i was waiting right Right. and i had steam credit and then all i knew it was there i was just waiting for the right moment to strike now i get on today and i'm like where the fuck is Metro at? Yeah, and then yeah. they're like, oh, just kidding. You could have gotten it here before, but no longer. Mm-hmm. Now you have to go to the Epic Store. Right. So people were like blowing up on them over this. And yes. like, I don't think it's that huge of a thing. Like, it does kind of suck for people like that in that super, super specific hypothetical scenario. The crazy thing is, I and I do kind of see the argument for... People really like Steam, but the crazy thing is, because of how much, because of how little um, Epic takes, they can actually sell it for fifty. They're actually selling it for fifty dollars on the Epic Store, rather than the sixty dollars that it would have been. And on so Steam. that's also what's fucked up here. And you know what? I did the math. They're making more money selling it for fifty dollars. It's true. it's not much. It's only a couple dollars more. But they're actually making more money and selling it for less on the Epic Store, which is why I don't understand the exclusive deal. I think they could. That's the best way for Epic to kind of get people to jump over. If they can have these AAA games for fifty dollars, where Steam is selling it for sixty, 
it's probably going to force Steam to either change their policies or more people are going to jump over to Epic. But I also think that this is the other fucked up part of that. These people paid $60 oh, yeah, prepaid yeah. Yeah. and they're, they're not offering refunds. And so if I was Steam mm-hmm. and someone tried to be like, I didn't play the game for two hours, I want a refund, I'd be like, fuck no. Right. Because you're just going to return this game to go buy it for $10 cheaper on the competitor's platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have no way to prove that, but that's still fucked up. So they're over here trapped with their $60 that they had spent when they could have, in theory, spent $10 less on it. Like, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you could make the argument that $10 is because Steam is taking more money. It's a that's a I mean, complicated. In theory, it is, but that mm-hmm. that still doesn't oh, like yeah. solve the issue. No. And so I normally like other developers are doing this in a way that is like before the game comes out, oh, they're yeah, announcing, yeah, yeah. "Oh, this is exclusive to the Epic Store." I think that Deep Silver had already been like, "We're publishing this on Steam," and then Epic came out with their revenue split, and they were like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. I, as far as I am aware, Metro Exodus is probably Deep Silver's biggest game or one of the biggest games that they will publish in 2019. Probably. So they would want to get as much money out of that as possible. So it makes sense that they would want to switch over, but, but then- it doesn't make sense that they would destroy their relationship with Valve. But then, like, you can't even say, like, they want more money because then they're charging $10 less. And they're... In theory, but it just... I don't know. They So it is a very weird situation. And then they said, if you boycott our game, we'll just not release the next one on on PC. Yeah, it's so weird, but, so like... they're doing some weird things. I don't know, but that's, like... Instead of, like, normally people would, like, burn bridges, yeah. that was like they dropped a nuclear bomb on the bridge mm-hmm. with Valve and were like, peace out, see you later. Right. Like, th- the chances of them ever releasing another game on Steam again are so low. I don't think so. I, dude, I don't know, man. Because, like, if I was Valve, I would be like, get the fuck out of here with that shit, man. Just... Can Valve afford to be petty like that? Though? I think so. They I mean, I know they fucking... have like I know they're like they they're probably the most successful one of the most successful video companies out there. But like, still, like if you start being petty to Deep Silver, okay, but Deep Silver was petty about it in the first oh, place. I, I, so it's like I, I think it's it's like yes, but then, like who who gets hurt more in that scenario? Steam or Deep Silver or Deep has, Silver? Has, like I. They have really kind of screwed themselves with this. So I I just find it to be really strange yeah, that they yeah. would go that hard on being like, no, we're also pulling it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, hey, it's also on the Epic Store mm-hmm. and it's $10 cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So you pick. Like, that, that's I, what that's what I'm saying. Like That would have been the smart thing. Just make it $50 on the Epic Store and keep it 60 on Steam and be like, look, we would love to charge $50 on Steam, but they're keeping but $18... They're keeping eighteen dollars of it. We're epic. They're keeping like six dollars of it. So it just is so yeah baffling yeah, that they yeah. would choose to go that route. Yes, especially for a company that doesn't publish that many huge games. No, no. So th- I mean, because it's Deep Silver, I think Valve could be petty. If it was a bigger studio, I don't think they could afford to. I so, it, but like, I think the smart thing for Valve would be to. Welcome it back. Welcome them back with open arms, just to kind of make it seem like they're still 
the good guys. In theory, I don't know, man. This is a very complicated issue. That it's so weird. That they just, I don't think they really thought this through. No, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Which initially everyone was really mad at Epic. And then Deep Silver just kind of kept digging themselves a bigger and bigger hole. And then when they said, if you boycott our game, we'll just not release it on PC. Yikes. <laughs> I, it's so weird. Uh, like, I still don't think that it's that big of a deal from, no. like, the consumer perspective. So boycotting their game is weird unless you have, like, fetishized Steam as a platform that much that you have that big of a problem. And there are a Like, lot that is a bad... that Like, that is a... I, Definitely a sign that Steam maybe needs to be taken down a peg or two by the Epic Game Store, but it just like I, it is a weird thing for Deep mm, Silver to do, and it, yes. it sucks for people who had bought it on Steam. Mm -hmm. But like, I I just don't get why that would be grounds yeah. for boycotting the game because right. it's not on this platform. But people who paid for it there still get it there. People are really complaining about the exclusive exclusiveness of it which i call bullshit because if they announced that it's exclusively on steam and nothing else there wouldn't be an issue but also who cares yeah like that's my thing is <laughs> like when something someone announces like oh, our game is exclusive to ps4 mm -hmm. it usually then it's not on xbox right i get that completely different platforms yes if someone announces our game is exclusive to the epic store guess what man it's still on fucking PC. Right. So my PC can run Epic and Steam just as well. I've, so why does it matter? I've also found it very weird that... Why is Blizzard allowed to like have their own storefront and nobody freaks out about it? Because in theory, those games were specifically to run on Battle.net. With their servers. Right. So I, I, guess that, I guess. But I'm just saying like nobody freaks out that they have to have a Blizzard account to no. play blizzard games people freak out that but they also have who the up. fuck who like in theory other than me who doesn't have an epic account because most people are playing fortnite and now they're offering like two free games a month mm -hmm. why wouldn't you have one yes that but like people don't want the bethesda which i don't know the bethesda launcher i don't think it's great i don't know i haven't heard a lot of great things about it yeah but, but like that is be people don't get why they're doing that like they want to do it because then they don't have to split the uh, revenue exactly so like they're it's better for them so mm -hmm. why wouldn't they do that it, right. does it suck that i in theory have to have 12 different launchers right yeah, yeah, yeah but like it's not that big a deal they all still run on pc also, Just I, don't have them fucking turn on at startup, and mm -hmm. you don't even know they're there. Also, I will say with the Epic Epic launcher, the download speeds are great. They're okay, very well, solid. Steams are absurd. Yes, but I, I I don't know if it's as good as Steam, but like it's probably at least the second best. That Steam I've seen. consistently maxes out my internet. Mm -hmm. There, if you have gigabit internet, mm -hmm. you literally have to check a setting in steam because your hard drive yes. won't be able to write mm -hmm. the data fast enough right right so that's crazy yeah because i i i have fortnite and i was kind of updating it uh, a couple nights ago i mean it was downloading like 70 80 yeah which is pretty much what my internet is so like i was like all right this is yeah 
it literally like six gigs was done in a couple minutes for me. Yeah, so. Blizzard's client's really good too, but yeah. that's because it's like technically torrenting. Yeah. So it's like downloading the file from everybody else who mm. has downloaded the update. So mm. it usually goes like insanely quick because fucking a billion people yeah. have Battle.net. So. Which Battle.net's been around for forever, a very yeah. long time. So. And and I with Steam the biggest issue is I mean like there are PC gamers that. They've been using Steam for 15 years, so... Yes, but I also remember in 2008, when Steam was first, like, really coming up as a huge platform to buy mm. games, people were not that f cool on Steam back no, then, no. man. Usually people were actively shitting on it because it was the only way you could get Half-Life. Mm -hmm. And people were like, I gotta download this fucking program so that I can... Mm -hmm. Like, now it's the same thing all over again, yeah. except that it's in favor of Steam. Like, what... <laughs> What is everything comes full circle, man? I don't know. That's crazy. But we will agree that the Microsoft Store, they need to do something about that. I fucking, I actively dread trying to download Crackdown. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. So there are, my issues with the Microsoft Store, I've had two. Killer Instinct, you can only download on it. Every time it would patch, it would down, it wouldn't patch it. It would download the entire 80 gigs again. Mm -hmm. Every time. Right. That game was getting patched multiple times a week. What? what? <laughs> so that was insane. Right. And then when I was trying to download Forza, first of all, it kept telling me that I was on a mobile platform. That's weird because I'm here on my desktop computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is happening? Then it would download like for 10 minutes, slow down to zero kilobytes a second. I would have to pause it and start up the download again. For 80 gigs? Mm hmm I... What? The other issue is browsing through that store is pretty rough. It fucking sucks, man. Because you gotta browse through, like, 15 shitty mobile games to find, like, one Xbox game, like, Xbox or, you know, like, legitimate <sighs> game. But they have done a better job where you can kind of go to, like, just, like, Xbox games or whatever and... You're like, all right, so I'm hoping it's getting that, better. I'm hoping that this year they fix a lot of that because last year Phil Spencer's whole thing was about how they're bringing Game Pass fully to PC yes. and how they're going to focus more on games on PC. Mm -hmm. God, I want them to fix that store so bad. Which they just rebranded. We didn't. We don't have it here, but they changed the name. It's no longer... It, oh, no, yeah, they did. To Microsoft Gaming? Yeah, Microsoft Gaming or some weird random generic thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not any big deal. No, but I, it's just an internal brand change. Yeah, let me see if I can look it up. Because I, I, Microsoft... Uh, All right, well, while you do that, let me tell you about my Epic account. Okay. This past week, I decided I wanted to buy Hades. I decided I will wait no more... I want to buy Hades and play it in early access. So I go to Epic's thing, and I try to log in, right? Right. And obviously it says you have already created an account because a Spanish person with the first name John created an Epic account with my email address. There was a point where I was getting like 15 to 20 password reset emails a day all in Spanish, and I had no desire for an Epic account because I was never going to play Fortnite. I was right. never going to use it for anything. And so now I would like to. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll reset my password. And then it's all in Spanish. So I don't know what the fucking requirements are. I'm not going to copy paste this into Google. I send Epic support an email that says, hey, 
some Spanish person named John used my email address to make this account. It is not me. Uh, this is all in Spanish. Can you help me? Because, like, I would, in theory, just use this account, but I didn't make the username. I didn't put in my name, which I can't change that information after the fact. I can change the username, right. but not, like, the actual name information and, like, address and stuff like that. So I would like to do that. And they responded very quickly and said, you have two options here. We can delete it from our system, and so then you could make another account, or we could block your email address forever from the Epic Store so it can't make any uh, future accounts. I literally verbatim said the first one. I would like for you to delete it so I can make another account. The response is, okay, we've blocked your email address for making an account forever. Have a nice day. And I was like, what? <laughs> literally the exact opposite. And so I responded with, that's literally the exact opposite of the option I chose. I would really like to make an Epic account. Should I just give up on this? Because this seems insane and use a different email address. I will do that if I have to. And so they respond and say, oh, sorry. We, uh... I misunderstood your choice. How? It was two options. Thanks, Trey, because that was his name. And then <laughs> I, he's like, okay, we've now, we've now removed it from the system. So me, being a person who knows how to read, and they said they deleted it, I go to it, and it says, hey, dude, you already have an account. Mm. And I say, well, they deleted it, so what the fuck is happening? I go to the password forget screen, try to log in, and it says... Your account has been deemed inactive by Epic, and you can no longer do anything with it. And so I email him back and say, hey, what's up, man? You said you deleted this, and you didn't. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, sometimes that can take anywhere between a couple days and a few weeks to fully delete, so have fun with that. I've never had this much trouble giving somebody $20 in my life. All I want to do is log into your fucking service right. and give you $20. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot, Spanish John. You're ruining my life. All I want to do is play Hades, even though now I shouldn't because I have two games I'm trying to play simultaneously. But what the fuck? Who does that? Do you accidentally, when you're typing in your email address to make an account, do you accidentally, oops, I typed well, I Manny's wanna... email address? Well, the, I, the other thing that I don't understand is how you always have to verify the account... Which is, which is probably why I was getting fucking 900 Spanish password reset emails a day. I thought mm -hmm. they were phishing attempts. Turns out they were real. Do you, like, you don't, how do you mistype your fucking email address? You have to confirm it a second time. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, like, I had never created an Epic account. It's not like with my Blizzard account where people are trying to hack it every eight seconds for my hot Overwatch skins. Like, I, I had literally nothing in there. Mm. So someone used my email address to play a free game that had no payment information associated with it? Why would you go through that effort? Yeah. Why would you do that, Spanish John? <laughs> oh. So in theory, maybe some weeks from now, I will be able to play Hades on an account made with my email address. Maybe this is a sign to wait. Maybe it is. Well, I, I literally can't buy it anyway, exactly. so I, we won't know. Do you, have you been trying like every day? I've been. I, I'm in the world's longest email chain with Trey from Epic. <laughs> Is he at least friendly? He doesn't know how to read. 
<laughs> he does. It actually seems like a robot, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Some of it seems so automated and weird. It's he's pro, his name is probably not Trey. That's fine. His name can be Trey. I don't care what his name is. No, I mean like he's probably. I know he's probably not. He's probably like Philippine. He's probably in like the help center, call center thing, which is fine. Yeah, I just, and then and then they use like American names, even though they're. It's just, dude. I don't care where Trey's from. I just want him to delete my account. I want, I want an Epic account. They're probably mad because they know I'm not gonna play Fortnite. They know the only thing I'm gonna use it for is to download their two free games, which I want to play Axiom Verge as well. And I I don't want to pay for Axiom Verge, which is why I never bought it because it was always like twenty five dollars. It's just a good, fun Super Metroid clone. Mm -hmm. I could be downloading that right now. But Spanish John will not allow this. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So that's my Epic account update. Next podcast, I'll let you know how me and Trey turn out here to see if we can get my account deleted or mm-hmm. if they finally respond and say, dude, just use another email address. Do you have another email? I do. I would rather not right. use it, but that's fine. Fucking I mean, another note. Spanish John. The It is gone from the Microsoft Studios to Xbox Game Studios, which is to kind of just signal that we're kind of pushing the Xbox brand, but to be more like a legitimate brand where it's PC. Yeah, and, so it's both things. And, and it's not just the console. So. Yeah. I, and so I, I, to that tells me that they probably are planning on revamping the store. It's just... I, I don't know. When oh, it comes to corporations and stuff, things take mm-hmm. a lot longer than they probably Yeah, and it's should. just weird. But yeah. before we go into this last news story, I mm-hmm. have one that I did not write on here. All right. So Respawn Entertainment, the makers of fine games like Titanfall and Titanfall 2, are owned by EA. Yes. The original uh, people who founded... Uh, what the fuck can I think of their name? Infinity Ward and made oh. Call of Duty Modern Warfare... Uh, and more Modern Warfare 2, mm-hmm. they released a Battle Royale game called Apex Legends that takes place in the Titanfall universe. Mm-hmm. And they had press go to an event, and then they immediately released it right after yeah. for everyone to play. No one knew this was happening. There were no leaks or anything. The other day, they had 600,000 concurrent players. There was, like, technically a week or, or a leak where there was, like, at, uh, Respawn is working on a battle, ro- a yeah. free battle royale. I had yeah. read that a couple and days before. And then everybody before. thought it was not true, but that it was. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it is uh, giving Fortnite a run for its money in terms of people playing it right at this moment. Yeah, I for me... It seems pretty dope, too. I've kind of just burned out on the whole battle royale. I so never I... got in. So if I was going to pick a battle royale game, I would pick Apex Legends because it looks like Overwatch, but in the Titanfall universe mm-hmm. and a battle royale. The two things is, one, it is squad play. It is three-player squad play. There is no single player. Yeah, so you solo. get matched with some sweet randos. Or, you know, find some actual two friends. Two people, yeah. Which, I mean, like, it's a free game, so it's and probably it is, not hard to... It is on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, yes. so you can just download it for free, which I think is cool. Yeah, yeah. So, they are doing the Overwatch model, where you can earn the emotes and stuff, the cosmetics in-game, or you can pay real money for the loot boxes. Right. 
Uh, but I mean, it's free, so I don't think the loot boxes are as big of a deal. No, it, I, it seems really cool, and I wish that more developers would do the magical thing where they're like, hey, guess what? We've been working on this game. Here it is. Which, I mean, I feel like this kind of game, it works. It does. I feel like like a single-player narrative. Oh, yeah, you can't do can't that because you got to have yeah. an ad campaign and all that. But this, yeah, yeah. especially if it's free, mm-hmm. you just put it out and go, what's up? And then when it is of something that is that high quality, mm-hmm. it's crazy, and yeah. everybody plays it, and uh, it, seem, it seems really interesting. Two follow-ups on this. They did announce that they're not working on Titanfall 3. But somebody is. And yes, and then there, and then that the Star Wars game is coming out this year. <laughs> That's not true. I can't believe that. I, I believe that because they already canceled their one Star Wars game. So EA we'll did. I, I think Respawn is working on it. I know, but EA owns Respawn. Yes. So, but it is a completely different team. I think Respawn is a much bigger. Studio I also think Respawn is a much bigger studio than we realized. than we think, but. Yes. I cannot believe that game will come out this I, year. I believe it. They haven't even shown concept. EA they, has to have a Star Wars game. They haven't even shown concept art of this game. And the conversation they had with him at E3 about... They had with Vince Ampella at E3 about like, hey man, what's up with your Star Wars game? And he seemed so unprepared to answer the question. Like, there's, how no, often, there's no fucking way. How often does it like a game gets announced or shown at E3 and then it comes out in three months? Within the next three months. That's a fairly common thing. I, I don't know about that, man. Like, I mean, now it is. Right. But not for a Star Wars game being made by EA. I think it'll come out this year. Because the last Star Wars game we got, it was announced like six years ago, right. and then they never and, showed it. And then, yes, and EA learned like, hey, show stuff when it's actually going to be coming out. Because if we keep showing stuff... <laughs> And then cancel it, the internet will riot. I, dude, whatever. Their respawn Star Wars game is probably going to be sick. Yeah. Because yeah. Titanfall is dope. I and, need to play Titanfall too. And Apex Legends it looks it looks really good as well. Mm-hmm. So I I have faith in their weird Jedi Star Wars game. Yes. Jedi Fallen Order, I think it was called. Yes. I remain skeptical that it will come out in the year of our Lord 2019. I think it'll come out. That's my prediction. Okay. That'd be a good holiday release I for think, EA and for me. I think it'll be we'll full, first see it at E3, uh, and it'll they'll be like it's coming out in November. Okay. That's my prediction. Interesting. Because even then, from like June to November, is five months. Yeah, I guess that's true. I still don't believe it. I believe it. No gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we'll move into part two, which is yeah, uh, what games. we have been playing. Um, I, I labeled this specific part Mass Effect Minute because I figure we'll probably just like it won't be an actual minute, but yeah, it will just kind of briefly talk about you know just some little thoughts. Yeah, we together have the... been playing through the original Mass Effect. Yes, uh, it continues to show that it was made in two thousand seven. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Holy shit, man. It is still good, and I do like it, but boy, that third-person cover is rough. Yes. It it is obvious that Gears of War still hadn't fully 
uh, influence the because I mean Gears of War came out in two thousand six. This yeah, was two thousand seven. So they would have been working on it when Gears came out. Yes. So it's not like they're gonna change their whole thing to so, fit this game. So I mean like it's obvious that it was probably more influenced by Kill Switch, which had came out come out two thousand two, two thousand three, somewhere around there. Yeah. Which was really kind of like the first cover shooter, which was what Gears was also influenced by. But Gears kind of understood the the cover mechanics and how to actually make it really good. Yeah. So, like, I, I like Mass Effect as a space mm. opera thing. The races are cool. The mm. universe is well-crafted. The part where you have to use the Mako, their fucking planet rover is so ill-conceived it is so bad and i've seen looking up like hey how the fuck do we do this part because mm -hmm. we keep getting stuck in places with the mako there are a lot of mako defenders on the internet and i am here to tell you that they are all wrong God. it fucking sucks like people are like it doesn't control that bad and you're like you're right it doesn't control that bad it is controllable but when you have played any game with a vehicle, why does you can why can you control it in three hundred sixty degrees? Mm -hmm. Why can you use all the stick, the whole the whole fucking stick? Why, why does it have the physics that it has, where it will just like fucking you turn, it'll like flip over on a dime? Why does it feel so heinous? How come you can't fucking upgrade it? Why are there so many enemies in the Mako sections and then you can't fucking do anything? You can't heal the goddamn hull. No. You, you can heal the hull. You can't you can do it. You can spend the You can spend the Omni Gel, the yes. healing stuff. But it doesn't to, actually but heal it, it. It's supposed to heal the <laughs> the hull, but it does not. Which FYI, when you hit the heal. You have to just sit there and wait for a bar to. It literally pick up. cannot move. So yes. if you were like, "Oh shit, I'm getting shot at. I want to heal now," you're fucking done. Right. And then ninety-five percent of the time, if you're healing, you won't get healed. No. So I'm hoping now because Garrus's skill that we have been upgrading, part of it is that he will heal more. The Mako will heal more. I think it's just the shield will. Well, the shield is fine. As long as the shield is up, mm -hmm. it's whatever. We learned our lesson early on. Don't fight anything. Yeah, and just, just like avoid. do some sick boost jumps mm -hmm. over everything and then get to your destination. Occasionally run things over, which I messed up that one time. And, and it, it just... Yeah, the it, giant robot got stuck right in the wheels of the Mako. And, and I the had, control was done from there. I had to pause it and just because I was laughing so hard. Because <laughs> it, the, you think the Mako controls bad now? That was probably crazy. It, it was uncontrollable for me, and I, I just burst out laughing. Um, other than that, though, we got stuck on a boss. Yes. Uh, because we maybe uh, were not at a high enough level to do that. Mm. And now that we beat her, we are hilariously overpowered, yeah. and we literally disintegrate the enemies with toxic rounds. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, not even a challenge. Except for that one part where the giant robot shot me once and took away our entire shield and health bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was really stupid. Um, but it is, yeah, it continues to be good. Mass yeah. Effect 2 definitely perfects the formula right. in terms, I, yeah, of, in terms of what it was. Like, it, the cover works well. 
your fucking AI companions mm. actually do what you tell them to. Like, when you spec Garrus as a sniper and he keeps switching to the assault rifle, why is he doing that, man? How come sometimes him and Rex will literally stand there while you are being shredded by enemy bullets mm. and not shoot them? <laughs> uh, who knows? I don't know why. I, my other moment that I want to briefly talk about is the one where we, you were talking to that person... And they're like, oh, there's a... Oh, that was dope. <laughs> we get to the... There's the Geth. They're going to attack soon. And then as soon as the conversation ended, you immediately start getting I shot. I was being shot in the face. And it was like, hey, I don't think the Geth are coming. I think they're here. And maybe we should have seen them in the background while we were in this conversation. Like, I, I still don't know if that was a bug. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that because I was expecting like when he said that I was like, like I feel oh, he's gonna go around the corner and then there's just gonna be a whole army, but no, it just instantly threw you I, into the like. Battle. I actually feel like maybe we stepped somewhere and triggered mm-hmm. the Geth appearing yeah. when they were not supposed to, and then they were like waiting for the conversation <laughs> to be over. That was really strange. Yes, yes. Because yeah, you end the conversation. I'm already mm. getting shot, and it was like well, they're coming. What the fuck? Right. The, I'm being shot right now. <laughs> like, I didn't think those were the Geth. I thought they were going to be, like, the people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Unhappy with it. So, yeah, that was something special. Yes. Yeah, never forget. Uh, little side note. Mm-hmm. Had, how excited are you for the Outer Worlds? Pretty excited. Because, like, Game Informer's doing their whole cover story this yeah, month of it. On that. So I was kind of, like, reading about that. And I guess Mass Effect is, like, a huge influence that... They're describing it, it's kind of like Fallout meets Mass Effect without... I like half of that. Well, it seems like the worlds are more going to be like Mass Effect, and that's where the Mass Effect... Interesting, because the the stuff is like really retro future, Mm -hmm. like seems like Fallout, but like what if it's it was space, but like in the 19... Mm-hmm. 50s you know what i mean right where the worlds are built more like mass effect okay i i think that game looks really cool yes. i i guess the big thing is like the relationships there's mm. there's not going to be like the in-depth relationships they're like yeah we just time and money is kind of a factor here because like like this they're making this before microsoft like all their all that money yeah so. before they get all their sweet sweet microsoft mm-hmm. money but it does it's coming out this year and it, like when i heard like there is a strong Mass Effect influence. I was like, oh man, he might. No, yeah, really I was I was this. excited as soon as the Outer mm. Worlds was introduced because I don't really like Fallout that much, and I want to play Starlink. Mm-hmm. There, oh, isn't Starlink Starfield? I was gonna say Starlink is out. Yeah, Starfield, the Bethesda game. Right. It, it's basically just like Fallout slash Elder Scrolls in space. Mm-hmm. That won't come out for a long time. And I am not the world's largest Fallout fan, which is known. Which your reasons for not liking Fallout, it it seems like this is going to be... It seems like this will fix that issue yes. because it's not like a hilariously large open world yeah, would, that is broken as fuck all the time. Where it's just going to be smaller, more condensed worlds. And yeah. I feel like, so for you, they're taking the, the quote-unquote good parts of Fallout, mixing it with Mass Effect. Yeah, so. and like, the, I also, the retro future stuff of Fallout, I mm. don't really like, so part of the aesthetic of the Outer Worlds, I, I'm not too keen on, but it's in space, so. And I, I will, think there'll and be. And there are cool future guns. And so. I think there'll be a, enough different biomes. And yeah, I think that, there will be too. It looks really cool. I yeah. know Obsidian is dope, so that, yeah. that game I am excited for. But yeah, I, hearing that it is heavily influenced by Mass Effect is, I think, very good. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to mention that because I knew you'd 
Yeah. Just get excited about that. All right. Let, let's skip King Changdom Hearts 3, and I'll do it at the end. Okay. Because I'll talk about it the most. I kind of wanted to kind of go back and forth. So do you want to talk about uh, Wargroove? I will. So Wargroove is an indie game that Chucklefish, the popular indie publisher, they published Stardew Valley and a bunch mm-hmm. of other hot indie classics. They are publishing Wargroove, which is a game that is essentially a revival of the Nintendo franchise Advance Wars. Which is a tactical, turn-based game. It's like Fire Emblem, but if instead of just a bunch of unique units, they it was more like a real-time strategy game like StarCraft or Warcraft, mm-hmm. where you get resources every turn, which is just money, right. and then you use that money to buy your units so you can keep making units. So it's basically like... An RTS. It's sort of like an RTS in that aspect, but it is still turn-based. Right. Uh, and you move on a grid. So it, when they said it was going to be a spiritual successor to Advance Wars, I got very excited because I am an Advance Wars evangelist. Mm-hmm. Intelligence systems, they make great games. They make paper. They made Paper Mario and Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. They made Sticker Star, not as great, but they they made Advance Wars and Fire Emblem in tandem. Okay, and something happened. I don't know what, and they rebooted Advance Wars into this weird, gritty, realistic thing instead of happy, fun anime wartime. Mm-hmm. I like happy, fun anime wartime. I like those characters. The gritty one was okay. I could not get super into it because of that. But then when Fire Emblem Awakening came out, it was supposed to be their last Fire Emblem game. Nintendo was like, hey, this franchise doesn't sell enough. We're out of here after this. Mm -hmm. So they put everything they had into it. All the special systems they had made before, everything blew up, sold a trillion copies. And then Nintendo was like, hey, I hear people like Fire Emblem. (laughs) And now literally all Intelligent Systems does is fucking make Fire Emblem. And at this point... Advance Wars has been con for so long that I think they will never go back to it. So the closest thing that anyone is going to get is Wargroove. Which, by the sounds, I never played Advance Wars. It does sound like they did make some, you know, some changes that kind of improve it in some ways as well. How do you feel about that? The main change, I feel, is negative, in my opinion. Oh, and what is the So generally, in Advance Wars... You are controlling your units individually, but they're all just like nameless soldiers and tanks and stuff, right? Um, And you pick a commanding officer beforehand. And the commanding Mm -hmm. officers, as time goes on, they they charge a special meter and they can use their CO power. And it affects everyone on the field. Right. So, like, for example, one of the people, his name is Eagle, and he focuses on aircrafts. So you use his special ability, and he makes it so that units can move twice in one turn, okay? In Wargroove, they went more like a Warcraft 3 approach, where you have, like, hero units. Mm -hmm. So your commanding officer is actually on the field as a physical unit. Right. What's cool is they're very strong, but if they die, you lose. Yeah. I hate that mechanic in anything. When one character dies, you lose. But it also kind of dumbs down the powers a little bit. So they still have the equivalent of the Advance War CO powers, but they mm. only target a specific field around the unit. So you don't like affect everyone on the field. Mm. Uh, like one of them, his name is... 
I want to say Walder, but I don't think that's his name. He uh, creates a crystal on the field, and it makes everything in the field have uh, more defense. Um, there's a dog named Caesar. He makes it so the units can go again uh, if they have already moved before him. And there's just there's just a bunch of different types of uh, commanding officers that you can use. It seems like... I know one of them, like, you to... Kind of like an RTS, you click to spawn it, and then it takes a little time. Where this, you like spawn, and then it's like a turn later than it, and then it's, then you get those units. I know yeah. one of the generals is like, you immediately get that spawn. Yeah, yeah. So it is cool. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that they think that it's really hard, and the maps last a long time. I have a feeling that a lot of people may not have played Advance Wars because, to me, it feels just like standard Advance Wars maps. Mm. Whereas, like, if you know what you're doing, you will plow through them uh, because you know what strategy they are looking for. Right. Which, I mean, there is a certain strategy specifically for critical, getting, like, crit crits. Yeah, so that is something that is new and interesting to Wargroove is... Uh, each unit will have a way to critical hit. So, for example... I know that the catapult, I think it is, or the trebuchet... Yeah, it you has have to, to, if it's at max range, max range, it will do more damage. The pikemen, uh, if they are standing next to another pikeman, they will mm -hmm. do more damage. Uh, and there's a bunch, like, things are adjacent right. to each other if they are standing in the forest, mm -hmm. whatever. There, there's a whole bunch of them, and that makes it kind of interesting because yes. even more so than in Advance Wars, you would have to pay attention to the positioning of each yes. individual unit. So you could like make the most out of a weak unit by having it crit or and do more damage. Mm -hmm. um, there, it's weird because like the basic infantry soldiers in Advance Wars, they are the only ones. They're the main ones you would use to capture buildings. Mm -hmm. In this. The basic infantry soldiers seem kind of useless. Like, they have a little bit more movement than the pikemen, but their attack is so weak, you might as well just make pikemen and have them take the extra turn to get there. Um, so I think they're going to... They, they broke even within three days of the game being yeah. out, which is awesome for them. I'm super psyched. Do you think this is going to make Nintendo go like, hey, maybe we should make an Advance Wars? Oh, my God. I hope so, so bad. But then it would probably be a sequel to Days of Ruin, and then I would be less excited, but... Mm. If they brought back those characters, like, if my man Grit is in another Advance Wars game, I will lose my brain. I'll buy 12 copies. Uh, I, I would like that. I would like for Nintendo to see this and be like, hey, we're making another Advance Wars. But I, I don't want to discredit Wargroove at all. Like, I think it is awesome. And right, I, yeah, I, right. I'm glad that they made their money back within three days. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they basically were like, yeah, we didn't know if we were going to support it with DLC and stuff, but I guess that's what you guys want. Yeah. <laughs> so they will... Maybe have paid DLC. They definitely said they might add more commanding officers and stuff. And it's cool because like Advance Wars, it does have a lot of unlockable secret stuff. The bummer is, like Advance Wars, to get A-ranks on missions, it's about speed. Mm. My play style is a battle of attrition until I, after 50 turns, the enemy is just like, just end it, please God. And then you rush in and end it. Uh, so I usually get ease, which is the lowest ranking, but not for lack of like skill. Mm. It's just because my battle of attrition style is not what the game is looking for. Right. So I, that kind of sucks for me because a lot of the unlocks deal with you getting more than mm. one star on a mission. So some of, some of them, like 
it's really exciting when you're like you keep failing a mission over and over and you're like how am i gonna do this and you finally do it and you think like i shit the bed there and you get an a or an s rank Mm -hmm. and you're like yes i am a strategical master i have done it and like it has those good feeling moments i have played for probably like five or six hours uh because i've been trying to platinum kingdom hearts i have kind of put it on the back burner but now, later tonight, I will probably finish up Kingdom Hearts so I can move on to this. Uh, and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just that the maps do take kind of a while. So, like, generally, it's not that big a deal on the Switch because you can just hit the power button and have it suspended. But the the way the suspended saves work are, like, you can exit and save, but then it's only good for the first time you load it up. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't save scum type thing. Um so they take a while, so whenever I play it, I, like, make sure that I have, like, two hours free to, like, oh, do really? the map. That's because how long a map takes? I mean, it can wow. uh, if you if you take forever. Usually, I would say probably, like, a half hour to an hour. Um, but it is cool because, uh, like, Advance Wars, it has multiplayer, so you can right. do, like, hot seat, so you can just swap between two people. But this one also has online. Mm-hmm. And like we said earlier, it is cross-play between Switch, Xbox One, and PC. So, like, Nukio told me he was probably going to buy it and he asked me how i thought it was and he's getting it on pc and so like i we could play multiplayer maps Mm -hmm. uh you can create multiplayer maps right and it has all the tools that they use to make the campaign so like you can make cutscenes, you can have them string into other maps you can make like full-fledged campaigns and one thing i already saw is that on steam someone replaced all of the units with advance wars stuff Mm. uh and so that that's the main thing that I personally do, I don't super enjoy about Wargroove is I like in Advance Wars that it is like modern military. It is like tanks and infantry soldiers, whereas Wargroove is more fantasy. Right. So like while there are like pikemen and stuff, there are also like mages and some of the aerial units are like dragons. Whereas like that's fine. It just I don't like that aesthetic quite as much as I like the uh, modern day one mm. in Advance Wars, but... It, it is very cool, and, and I like it uh, quite a bit. So I am looking forward to playing a lot more of it. It seems like there is a comical amount of content for a $20 right. game in it, so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty I mean, excited. The campaign they said was going to be like 40 hours, right? And that probably probably it will be true, yeah. So if, if each map takes about an hour... Is there approximately about 40 maps, then? I would say probably. And then there are like side missions... Which, like, you beat, and then you unlock that commanding officer to use an arcade mode, which is mm-hmm. just, like, randomly generated maps of varying difficulty. Mm-hmm. You can use that to unlock more stuff. There's, like, a puzzle mode. So it's just, like, win this map with these specific conditions, mm-hmm. and you can't build any more units. It's It's got a lot in there. So I, I am very happy right. for them, and I'm very pleased with it. So that, it's always cool when a game you've been looking at for a long time actually turns out and yeah. is super dope because I have been burned in the past by indie games like that mm. where it comes out and it's like, this isn't quite what I yeah. had expected, but this is exactly what they said it was and is is mm-hmm. very, very good facsimile of Advance Wars. So, so that, That's awesome. I, uh, I thought about getting it, but I don't know. When it comes to strategy games, I really have to kind of be in the mood. And yeah. Lately, I just haven't been in the mood to get into a strategy game. I gotcha. So I, just, I just haven't. Yeah, very. it's very good, though. Because strategy games, you really have to think about it. And, mm-hmm. and lately, I've just been wanting to not think at all. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> 
So uh, I have been playing the an- I I have been I did play the anthem beta, mm-hmm. and uh, I have written down here in my notebook, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it does say that right <laughs> on the page. It is okay. Uh, okay, so I, as someone who did not play yes. the anthem demo. What makes it okay? Like, is it just... So, first of all, it seems very similar to Destiny. Like, it is Mm. that kind of, like, pseudo-MMO, you shoot stuff and you get loot, but this time you have a robot. It's not where you have a robot, you're just, you kind of, like, have a suit. The mech suit, yeah. Yeah, That's kind of, like, people are comparing it to Iron Man. Are you always in the mech suit? Basically, like in when you're shooting. Yes. Okay. Yes. You to go out in the world. You or at least in the beta. I I assume because like otherwise I I don't understand what this game is if you can't be in it because the big component is the flying. But I just there's also a huge component with the flying where you overheat. Mm-hmm. But you overheat within like probably 10, 15 seconds of flying. Interesting. So you're constantly then landing, and then you have to just kind of wait for the the heat to cool down. Didn't they say some weird thing about like you can fly under waterfalls and then you don't overheat? Yes, but okay. I mean the areas. That well, I know that's of, very specific. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that's yes. that, that is a thing. Yes, you can. And so so I I just found when when there'd just be a large area of enemies, you could kind of jump up in the air and then just kind of float. Which you could probably float for 20 seconds and just kind of shoot things. But like Destiny, they're very bullet spongy, a lot of the enemies. Which, I mean, you're going to get that with, you know, these MMO types. Mm -hmm. So, I think the other big thing is Nukio insisted on playing on the hardest difficulty. Oh, God. Which is how he's going to definitely insist the the entire game. Well, don't worry, because I will insist on playing alone. Uh, see, I that, don't think it's going to be fun alone. Uh, see, people said that about Destiny, but uh, they were wrong. <laughs> see, this just seems... I don't know if there's going to be much of like a campaign. I There has to be. I mean, that's their whole thing, is that there like is a story to it, at least. They, I, maybe I mean, the, the demo maybe, yes. very clearly, there are, like, when you try to... I've, I saw a video, like, mm. you try to talk to some NPCs, and they're like, I'm not available in this yeah, demo, yeah, yeah. and it's like, what the fuck? You made them say this? Mm-hmm. So, I, it, yeah. it, it, So it's hard to get a feel for, like, all of that it stuff. Is. So the shooting felt okay. okay. Uh, the flying was fun, but as I said, like, the disappointing thing was just how quickly you overheat, yeah. and then you have to just kind of wait for your the entire suit to cool down so you can do it again. And then the most upsetting part, there was this mission that we had to do, and then at the end, there was a puzzle. Mm-hmm. The puzzle was one of the worst puzzles I've ever seen in a video game. Okay. Let, so there's three kind of like little areas, and I, I don't exactly know how to describe this, but there was like this round cylinder type thing where you kind of like hit a button and it switched to a different color mm-hmm. to figure out which color you needed for for that because there was three of them you had to look around the area and there was a blinking light and it's like oh there's a blinking purple light so this like column or whatever needs to be purple, purple. Mm-hmm. that was the they that was the puzzle you do that three times oh that's fine it, i don't know that what's the point of that I don't know. That's not a clever puzzle. 
No, it's not. But I mean, like, what the fuck? Most of the Destiny puzzles were like, shoot this guy, this specific guy. I and know. it's like, well, what the fuck is that? Even? No, they did some weird stuff. Okay, but Destiny. yeah, in the raids. Yeah, okay, like, yes, yes. in the regular game, the puzzle no, no, is no, like, yeah. shoot this man in the face. Like, that's not yeah, a puzzle either. Right, right. So, so I, they are very clearly trying mm -hmm. to go the Destiny, what Destiny yeah. was. So the thing, the thing that I kept hearing was people saying that they thought that the enemy encounters were very boring. Did, do you agree with that? Like, is it engaging as a bullet sponge shooter? Like, I... I didn't hate my experience. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Like, I like I, that, and shooting things and seeing numbers pop off. I mm -hmm. was a big fan of Borderlands. I like Destiny in theory. I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I Playing this... I'm kind of more interested in the division now because I the division two. God, I hated the division, uh, so I mm -hmm. will not be partaking in the second one. Yeah, I mean that's gonna that's more of like a cover shooter where this yeah. is definitely not. Um, I don't know. It just I know with the division two, it's going to be like a thirty forty hour campaign, and that is something. I know the first one is something you can do you, alone. Or... Uh, let me tell you that the Division 1 did not have a 30 to 40 hour campaign, mm -hmm. and it was boring as hell. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I, I so. The Division 2 at least looks like it has environments that are not a snowy New York. Right. Uh, so that will be cool, mm -hmm. because boy, in the Division 1, does everything look identical. Mm-hmm. I didn't even beat it. I couldn't play it anymore. I had to stop. <laughs> uh, I did beat Destiny though, the right. first one. So yeah, I don't. This is a game that like, I don't know if I'm gonna pick up. Interesting. I 100% I'm going to because okay. I already pre-ordered it. Because Nukio from Amazon. Nukio even said because I had to kind of leave early because it was we played it Sunday. Oh and, yeah. And you were coming over and he was just like, yeah, I would be okay if I didn't get this the first day. Uh, well, I mean, everyone will probably be okay with not getting it the first day because it's almost certainly going to break. Like every uh, multiplayer online game. Apex did not break. Yeah, but that's different. That's a, to that's a totally different thing. Yeah. I, like, the Division Man, mm -hmm. literally... Okay, this is how the Division broke in its first day. I was fucking losing my mind. You download this update... You go to the tutorial area and you have to talk to an NPC. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You have collision with other players. There's literally a fucking line mm -hmm. of people to get to this NPC. You can't you can't get to the NPC. You have to wait for these people to be done talking to it. What? <laughs> so fucking the first day I'm standing here waiting in a queue after I downloaded this huge patch and I'm like this is the worst first ex yeah, exposure that's... to a game I've ever had. And so I would, it can't be that bad. I would argue it probably won't work. That so. Ubisoft is very good at learning their mistakes from the first game. They are. Because you, you see that trend a lot with their games where the first game like has some issues and they work on it and it gets better. And then the second one, you're like, this is actually a pretty good product. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm not planning on getting The Division 2 or, like, I'm definitely not going to go out and pre-order it. I'll see. Yeah. But I'll, I'll talk to Nukio and see, like... Um, oh, his know. cousin loves The Division, so... No, I'm talking about with Anthem. Like, oh, I, don't I, mean, know. I think Nukio's going to get The Division 2 also because mm. his cousin loved The Division, so... I downloaded it. 
on Game Pass because it was on Game Pass, and then yeah. I was like, I'm gonna hold off. I got some other stuff. They took it off Game Pass for February, so yeah. I had it downloaded. I was gonna plan on playing it soon, but now I have to actually pay for it, and mm-hmm. so I just kind of uninstalled it and yeah. said, yeah, I guess I guess I won't be playing the division. <laughs> so I. I am very excited to play Anthem because I would really like to play a game mm-hmm. that is like Destiny, but is not Destiny. So I right now, that is what I am in the mood for. So at the end of the month, I will definitely play Anthem, and I will probably have a middling time with it and then be pretty disappointed. I, uh... But I, this is like my last Bioware shot, man. This is like this is my do or die time with Bioware games. I because I there is a very slim chance that I will buy whatever the hell Dragon Age is because of how little I liked Inquisition. So like I just I need to know that they are capable of making a game that I could like. I'm just curious, why do you want to play a Destiny game that's not Destiny? Because I don't want to play Destiny 2. Because they just, they're going to end support for it, and then they're going to make Destiny 3, so why wouldn't I just play the one, that? why wouldn't I just play Destiny 3 where they have, like, free reign to do whatever? You know what I mean? Uh, I guess, but, like, if you want to play that, if you bought Destiny 2 right now, you easily have, like, 50, 60 hours. But I also of... would not have a good time if I played Destiny 2 now. You don't think so? No, because I would be playing through it alone, or I would be playing through it with, like, Nukio. And he would just be, like, dumpstering all the enemies. It was mm. the experience I had in Destiny 1 when I played through all the DLC. See, I play a you lot You burn of... through it, and it, I just found it to be so unfun. Mm. Because when you're not there for the power curve, the expansions trivialize the power curve. Oh. So, like, what will end up happening is I would beat the main campaign of Destiny. I would get to the first enemy in the expansion. I would shoot it and get gear that instantaneously makes any gear I work to get before that, totally useless. So that that's what sucks about Destiny okay. now, I think. Okay. And I'm never going to get good enough to try to raid or like do the truly cool content. Mm. So I just don't want to do that. See, like I played Destiny and I played probably a vast majority of Alone. Yeah. I just kind of would just... It was a great mindless podcast Which is, game. yeah, I did that for Destiny 1 as well. But mm-hmm. I also was playing it when it first came out, so there right. was no other Which, uh, that's how I played Destiny 2. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, the expansions kind of, like, ruined the balance. Because they're trying to push everyone to the newest content. Right. So they're like, here, you killed an enemy, and whoa, mm-hmm. you're so good now. Look at your light level. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is just a bad placebo effect, man. Do you have you must have Destiny 2, right? I have it for free on PlayStation and PC, no, you, I think. Well, you'd have to sign up for the PlayStation. I have PlayStation Plus. Mm, I don't think so. I do. It just charged me, so oh, I okay. definitely do. Cuz late I think the last couple weeks you haven't had it. No, it charged me for it, so I better have it. It's up. It's uploading my saves every day. So. Oh well, that's weird. Cause like I, when I'd sign into my PlayStation, yeah, you're yeah. like on my account. You definitely didn't have it. Oh, that is because we are not signed into my name on that account. Mm. It like it downloads the data, but I don't think that I am like logged into PSN. Oh, so I think that's because everyone else shows it. Well, I don't have it, but yeah, well, actually, I, I do have it. Right I think now. that is why is because mm-hmm. I'm not logged into PSN. Mm-hmm. It's just my profile. Okay. So I'm guessing it renewed and then it didn't. And I was like, oh, I guess Manny just didn't even bother to get PlayStation. No, yeah, I do. I still plus. have Plus. 
Um, but you know, yeah, I have Destiny 2 on PS4, mm-hmm. and they gave it away for free well, on Battle.net. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say they gave it away for free a couple yeah. months ago. Um, but I, I also want to try Anthem because, in theory, a lot of our friends are going to play it at that time. So and That's the only reason why I'm considering I, it. It kind of is cool to like be there at the beginning mm. of it. And they have already like started their content roadmap, which they're going to put out content like a couple weeks after. Mm. And it looks like they at least have three large parts to that roadmap. So they have content for the foreseeable future that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I am curious regardless. Like, even if I hate it, I think that I will not regret the purchase mm-hmm. because I just, it is something interesting to to play. So. Yeah, I I want to make it clear I didn't hate it. Yeah. It just felt very mediocre. Yeah, which is fair. So, like, if it was just, like, a single-player thing, I probably wouldn't date, buy it yeah. much. Well, and then I don't think that I saw a lot of people saying they think they gave a very bad slice of it for the demo, and that could because be it was like weird mid game, so you don't have any ramp up to like the powers mm. you have, and so then you're just in the middle of this thing, and you're like, well, I don't know, nothing is like too difficult mm. really, and it's just a weird a weird slice of the game to put out in a beta. We did have a difficult time. Well, because you're playing on the hardest difficulty. Nukio was like, I get that baby shit mode out of here. That's exactly what he said. And I was okay, like, I well, want to play baby mode. I will probably play on standard. Because so. there was easy, medium, hard. There's even harder difficulties. But then, like, is that like. actually giving you better loot? I assume so. I only played on hard because that was the only one Nukio would play on. Okay, that sucks. Uh... Also, it was really weird. I could play with Nukio. But his cousin could not connect. Mm. Every time... It, yeah, well, that, that's also oh, the beta was fucked up. So I do need to mention the load screens. You There are a lot of load screens, the, I've heard. Yeah, you go into a cave and you sit through probably like a two-minute load screen. You do like 10 seconds worth of thing. And then you got to go out of the cave and it's another good couple minutes of load screen to load back into like the bigger hub area. Nice. Everybody loves load screens. Yes. That is shocking that they designed it that way. I see. I still don't think it'll be like that in the full game. I hope not. But we'll see. If it's not, then they did like the worst job possible showcasing this game with the demo or beta or whatever you want to call it. Because you you want to show like the best the game has to offer. I but they case. they can't do that with the, see that's why I always hate these betas is because they can't do that with a multiplayer game. They can't show the best thing they they have to offer because then you will not be surprised by the best thing they have well, to offer. I, I will say with Destiny Two, I did did it with. But that made me go, wow, this shooting's really good. Well, yeah, but I'm that's, gonna check this game out. I mean, that's because Bungie made it, but mm, right, I but. Yeah, but like the best missions in that game were they, not there no, because they they're not going to fucking put the raid in the demo, you know what I mean? So it's But for for that it really worked well for me cuz yeah. I, I was kind of I didn't know if I wanted Destiny and then I played and I was like, okay, this shooting's good enough that I will definitely pick it up. So yeah, the thing I hope that Anthem learned from Destiny is that to have a pretty strong end game right out the gate. Mhm. I do not think they learned that. Yes. <laughs> so, because no one has learned that. Mm-hmm. Even Ubisoft did not learn that. So, like, 
I maybe they did now for the division two. They but... have talked about how they focused primarily uh, on hopefully the, because like the, every the fucking destiny like game that has come out mm-hmm. has been like yeah you know how your main problem with destiny was there's no end game content oh we hooked you up with the same thing mm-hmm. and you're like what of all the takeaways my mm-hmm. man that was the one you needed to have which kind of makes me wonder how many people do you think stick around for the post game stuff how many uh, the people most people I you think, think most people yeah. or I, I was just kind of wondering if if it's just like that hardcore group and then like there's a lot of people that are just like all right i played this for 30 40 hours the campaign was solid and i'm kind of good and no i they... think if people actually like it they keep playing the like nightly strikes and mm-hmm. all that because there are a lot of people who don't like buy and play games like we do yeah, yeah. so it's like destiny or whatever that's their game, game for... they're playing yeah right so so that's their game for a while for me i'm more just kind of like the campaign and then i'm probably gonna bounce yeah so that's why i think that's why i'm more interested in the division i think for me personally i think they they're focused on the campaign a little bit as well i've heard a lot more about that campaign than i have about the anthem yeah campaign so uh but tell me about citus citus 2 yeah i like on occasion to play mobile video games on the phone oh this is okay uh normally they are free to play this game is not okay uh to get in it costs two dollars outrageous it is a mobile rhythm game and i think it is awesome so i played the previous game that this developer made which was another rhythm game called demo which is mostly weird piano songs. How do they spell demo? D-E-E-M-O. Okay. Because I was going to say if it was just D-E-M-O, I, you wouldn't know it's demo. And no. You'd, you'd be calling it demo. Uh, and so this is, apparently they had made Citus before Citus 2, and it was another rhythm game that was free to play. Mm. Um, so Citus 2, $2 to get in. It is a rhythm game that is very strange. It came out last year. I had not heard of it, but a lot of people were talking about it recently for some reason because there was a sale going on with the DLC stuff. So to get in, it's $2 and you get like 30 or 40 songs. Okay. And it has a plot in like the weirdest way. So there are a bunch of characters and each character has a different genre of music. So like there is like the computer guy he's literally his head is a computer and he um is like weird chiptune stuff there is this fucking cat girl and she does a bunch of weird k-pop songs and then there is like the pop idol girl who just does like kind of more modern pop songs i bought uh, almost all the dlc so i also have the screamo guy and the classical jazz guy and a bunch of other characters but the way it works is You play songs and get a rank, and you level up the character you're playing with. When they get to certain levels, it unlocks these posts on basically fake Reddit, I guess. Mm. It's kind of more like a message board type thing, but sort of like Reddit. And it's like all in this future world where the surface of earth was like destroyed or is like uninhabitable and all these people live up in these weird huge metal cities and they are like huge fans of these musicians because it's like all they have to live for i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know 
And so you like you as you unlock posts. It's about there's this overarching plot about this thing that is basically. Do you remember the fire festival that like happened a couple of years ago? Right. Where like it didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. So there, it's it's like fake fire festival <laughs> where like they all keep talking about this guy and asking if people remember it, but it seems like they may have some kind of weird cyber like collective gap in their memory. Because the pe- the three people that you get p- for purchasing the game initially, they all performed there, but none mm. of them remember it. And then, like, the guy who was supposed to be the headliner, he uh, he didn't show up, and they right. don't know where he is or if he's dead or whatever. So someday I'll find out about the weird fire festival, but that's how you unlock the plot. I hate this fucking cat. This stupid plastic bag. Is it at... <laughs> Um, is there something in it? No. Oh, she just really likes plastic bags. Yeah, she bags. just really likes plastic bags. She's ah. a moron. Uh, so there is... Yeah, it's really strange. The gameplay is pretty simple. You... Uh, a bar will like go across the whole screen up and down. Mm-hmm. And when a, the bar goes through the middle of the notes that appear, you tap it. And you can get good or excellent depending on if you do it on time okay uh i really like all the music i think the way they do the plot is cool the visual aesthetic of all the characters is neat mm-hmm. uh it just seems like a very well done game but the downside is the characters normally cost ten dollars a piece to get like 20 ish songs which is not bad by rhythm game dlc standards especially for a game that costs two dollars but then the Initially, DLC is ten each. Yeah, so there you could spend like a hundred dollars in theory total. Whoa. Uh, which is, I mean, people think that is a lot, but for rhythm game DLC, that is like very standard pricing. But I, for a mobile game, that's where I, I'm. It's kind well, of, but it's whoa. the same content that you would get in a console right, rhythm right. game. So it's just the music overall. Um, yeah, there are three characters I don't have uh, because the other ones were all on sale for five dollars, and I had like. $30 in my Google wallet from doing Google reward surveys. Oh. So I got all of it for free, basically. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that on and off. Uh, I only played the three first characters because their stories are intertwined. You have to get mm-hmm. each one to certain levels to unlock the rest of their songs, whereas all the other DLC characters are more individual stories. Uh, one of them is like a s- doubles as a scientist who goes mm-hmm. down to the surface to study relics from the 20th century. It's all very futury and strange, but I am enjoying it for a mobile game. Right. So Now, how do you play this? Do you play it like holding it in your hand and using your thumb? No, sideways. Or do you, 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 you hold it sideways yes. and use both thumbs? Yes. I wasn't sure if you like, if place you're, it Or if table. you're trying to go pro, you use a tablet or an iPad and you use all your fingers, mm-hmm. which... I can't do that with my phone, so I will not be able to do the hardest difficulty ever, because oh. it gets fucking crazy. You can use your Switch. <laughs> if it was on Switch, <laughs> I would have gotten it there. Uh, right. But I can only do normal and hard, and mm-hmm. then the like super extra pro mode is like, holy shit, I cannot... I can't remember what it's called. It might be called Extreme, but uh, very weird. So yeah, that's all I got for Citus 2 there. Okay. I hadn't heard that like anything about that game no yeah so I, a lot to... of people have been talking about it recently because of the sweet sale oh. and for good reason and they had just updated it for 2019 uh they had added like a mm. new fucking intro anime cutscene and a bunch of other weird stuff a new free character 
So I feel like that's a little more common with the mobile scene, just because so much stuff gets released that all of a sudden people start playing like a random mobile game a couple years later because it just kind of gets discovered by the right person. Yeah. I mean, that's how I had found Demo originally. It was just, yeah. I happened upon something. It was like, whoa, this game's been out for two years. Right. And they just updated it again. Let's go. So, yeah. Uh, you had been playing Halo 4, huh? Yeah, yeah I played through the campaign. Nice. It, I mean, it, it's a just a, another Halo game. I don't really see... I know a lot of people freaked out because it wasn't made by Bungie. Yeah. But I, I think 343 did a pretty solid job. I mean, I know, like, 343 is one of those weird studios where, like, I mean, like, at, that was formed to be the Halo studio. So I feel yeah. like it was probably just a bunch of super fans who probably all jumped on to... I think some people from Bungie stayed on to work with probably. on it as well. So Yeah, so, I mean, but, I mean, like, that studio was specifically made for that. And it, it shows it's a, it's a solid product. I did think it was kind of weird how, like... Throughout the Halo series, like Cortana has become like weirdly sexualized, more, and more sexualized each time. Yeah, where like this one, I was just like, oh my god, she's pretty much naked, and she's very curvy. I don't know if you've uh-huh. you've probably I've seen, seen her. Cortana. Yeah, it's like, when did where is this what people want? I don't know. She's like rampant, also though, right? So like, yeah. And also, like, it's very obvious how much, like, Master Chief and Cortana are in love. Yeah, that's and weird. They're really exploring that, and, and I fully expect in 5 for them to profess their love to each other. I don't know that she is, like, there. She disappeared at the end of 4. Yeah, I am not, and you don't think I she, am not positive that okay. she makes a return in the same way. Okay. Yeah. I kind of figured... Five was going to be because about. in five, I, you don't play as Master Chief for part of it, right? You play as that I, I other have no idea. guy. I, I think you play as that other Spartan guy. Okay, I haven't played it at all. Yeah. I've been just kind of making my way through the Halo series, and I never really paid attention to it because I, I never had an Xbox, so I never yeah. really cared about it. So I mean, I played it. It's it's just a solid campaign. I did kind of learn my big issue with the halo franchise because before i didn't hate it but it it just felt very okay to me and it's because it just when you're playing it on medium it doesn't feel very cohesive because in one way it feels like they really want you to play a run and gun style Mm -hmm. but you're but but then if you play that style you're your shield constantly gets drained like almost instantly so then like you're running off then you're just kind of backing off just sitting down like we are with Mass Effect and yeah. just kind of waiting for your shield to, to kind of come back. Interesting. I always, in my head, that is always the way to not play Halo because they talk about how each scenario is a combat puzzle. Mm. So, I okay. don't know. So then, like, I just kind of bumped it down to easy. Because I, what I was finding is I was just doing that over and over again. Like, I'd run mm-hmm. in, shoot some guys, shield would deplete, and then I'd back off. Yeah. And it, it, it the, these missions would take like 30, 40, 50 minutes, and then by the by, by the end of the mission, I was kind of done with the Halo, with Halo mm. for for basically the night. Yeah. So I was playing like one chapter each night, and I eventually I just kind of went, I'm gonna try this on easy, and then at that point I basically played it like Doom, okay. with a shotgun and a machine gun, and I was just running around 
blasting people and having an absolute blast. And I just finished it that night. Nice. So I had a lot more fun. I guess I never really thought of it like it's a puzzle type. That of is thing. how they have always advertised mm. Halo's okay. combat. So I see where me. I I kind of that's why I really like Doom because like Doom, if you need health. You have to go fight the enemies, and then that's the only way you're going to get your health back. Yeah, yeah. So it really encourages you to fight. Where I, I where these kind of games frustrate me a little more, where it's like you want me to play run and gun, or at least I feel like you want me they to play. They definitely do not. Uh, in most it, scenarios, it, it feels like, I, like when it, I was playing right. too, they definitely mm. do not. Yeah, like it. it's it feels much more tactical, and I don't. It's weird. Third person shooters, I like to be tactical. But first-person shooters, I just want to kind of go crazy. Hmm. So it's just kind of personal preference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they did... The new enemy they added, I, I thought kind of added an interesting... the I wrote it down here. The Protheans? Yes, the Protheans. The Protheans are from Mass Effect. Or not, Okay. No. <laughs> oh. I wrote down something, but I can't remember what they're called. Prometheans. Prometheans, Prometheans that is true, yes. yeah. Okay, yes. The, they have this one unit that it kind of always drives me crazy in games where it heals like the most powerful ones so you kind of like have to focus on them first I, yeah I, I don't know I just never find like enemies that heal specifically bosses that heal as well that, that just kind of always just kind of frustrates me yeah depends on the scenario right. I agree with that generally so that's something like when it, when it was a Promethean level like you had to focus on the enemy that would heal first, which I guess did kind of uh, switch up the the formula, the Halo formula. Yeah. So I guess I play Halo wrong, which kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, and so you also started Ori in the Blind Forest. I finished it. Oh, you did? Yes. Nice. Metroidvania. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it's very well done, though. It it's... is. Yeah, I never forget that first scene where they make you play as the weird uh... dying guy. That's that really was, sad. Yeah, I was like, this is basically <laughs> up. Yeah, it was the beginning of Ori and the Blind Forest is so sad. Yeah, it was just devastating. Yeah, man, and then you like you they're forcing you to use the control stick as he's like slowing down. You're like, Jesus Christ, this I, fucking game. Yeah, it's like the really, 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 really starting me out yeah. positive here. There's that cool owl. Ori and the Blind Forest rules. Yeah, it was just and the way they introduce new abilities and then the, it just feels so seamless. It does. Uh, the one where you, they call it bash, where you're like a projectile or an enemy that you, the movement is crazy in that game. I can't believe I finished it. I will never forget before NeoGAF imploded in on itself, the, when Hollow Knight first came out, it was Mm. the original thread for Hollow Knight. The creator of Ori and the Blind Forest was in there Mm -hmm. and he was talking a mess of shit about how he didn't understand really how people could like hollow knight and like why the design of ori in the blind forest was better as a metroidvania mm-hmm. and everyone was just like wow dude i think you were so wrong about this. Mm. <laughs> which i thought was really funny because he was legitimately like asking questions like i don't get like why do people like this or why do people mm-hmm. like this and everyone was like yeah man i don't know hollow knight's fucking sick so which you played both, right? I did. I didn't beat Ori in the Blind Forest because I put it down for something else, and then it was one of those things where I tried to go back to it later, but mm-hmm. I had lost the thread of where I was supposed to go or what abilities I had. Mm-hmm. I beat Hollow Knight like it was during E three like two years ago, mm-hmm. 
I fucking played it beginning to end, like, nonstop the whole time. Uh, I, I mean, they're kind of hard to compare because they're very different, especially in terms of movement. Like, Hollow Knight is more Dark Souls-inspired combat, whereas Ori is more about, uh, like, platforming and movement type it, stuff. Right. And the, it's very difficult platforming. Yes. Um, so they're very different in that mm-hmm. way. Uh, and one of one of his com- his things was he thought that the map layout in Ori was less confusing than it was in Hollow Knight. I one hundred percent don't agree with that. Okay. But. See, I I don't have any context. No. Yeah. So it was Hollow it was just I remember that conversation. It was interesting to see mm-hmm. uh, the creator of this super popular Metroidvania game like asking questions about a different one, mm-hmm. and I th- I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, because I I kind of like the way they did the map. I yeah, but the, I, that one is weird for me because like mm. then I couldn't find like specific places if you're trying to like retread certain things. And it's very weird. I I see. I I had the benefit of just kind of playing it all at once, and I, it was probably within two three days. I, I think, think it was they days. also changed some of the stuff for the definitive edition. It, as they well. may have, and that's the way I played it. Yeah. The definitive edition. I, because it just seemed like a very cohesive world where yeah. I, I was able to kind of just scoot around and going to to like the old areas again. It it's one of those few games where I actually was exploring a lot, mm. trying to find all the all the stuff. The uh, sequel Ori and the Will of the Wisps mm-hmm. comes out this year, and that looks awesome. Yeah, like it looks like Ori in the Blind Forest, but just taken to the next level like the world looks mm-hmm. way bigger and more diverse uh so I'm, I'm pretty excited to try that out also it's not really a spoiler because they showed it in the trailers your your big fat friend is comes back at the end so he's <laughs> oh, not actually dead i know it was so fucked up though. yeah it was Making i was like do that i was like i was not expecting this <laughs> I was not ready for this. Yeah, old fatty should not have died in the beginning. No. He's fucked up. And then you make a friend. Yeah, you do make a friend. And I, yeah. And now all three of you are friends. That is true. And it looks like there's a baby owl in, uh, or this, in the uh, sequel here. Which there was, like, that egg. There was the egg, but it hatches and becomes a baby owl. So Do you, do you remember where you stopped? I do not. Okay. Because I... I Remember, I was playing it one night, and I got to, like, the volcanic area, and I was like, oh my god, this is on another level. I can't even get past the first part. I do not remember. Do you remember which one that was? Was that the second or the third one? The volcanic? Yeah. That was the end. Okay, I did not get that far. Yeah. I think I got to this third one? Mm, I don't remember what that was. I think there's six areas total. Yeah, I think I got to the third one. I just remember the first one where you're like the water stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. That I remember that being pretty crazy as yes. well. A lot of them like there's like dungeons in the world, and then the escape scenes from the dungeons yeah. But you are... have to like do like super precise, yes, timing yes. based platforming. My least favorite kind. And uh, there's no the no way the game margin for error, man. There's no margin for error in the way the game is set up. You you build like you carry these like blue orbs that you can use for save points mm-hmm. that's you basically have to spend these blue orbs to save which i mean they're all over the world yeah, they're so it's all not over the place. it's not that huge of a deal but you can't use those in those in those escape. scenes yeah so like it definitely requires some crazy platforming that i am pretty proud of for beating <laughs> that game because 
Holy shit, it, it was very difficult. Yeah, that's how I feel about Celeste. Mm. I was like, I don't know how I did this right mm. now, but I did <laughs> succeed. Yes, I, it was one of those things where I just had to walk away for the night, and then I came back the, the next night, and then I was able to get through that first area, and then I got through most of it, and then I was like, all right, I have a hockey game. I guess I'll uh, come back to this later. And then I, I came back, and I ten within 10 minutes, I had beaten the game. I didn't even know I was that close to the end. It was one of those games that just kind of mm, ends. Yeah. It, it makes sense looking back, because, like, the levels kind of kept ratching up harder and harder. But, I mean, I, I had no context that that was going to be the last area. Yeah. All right, what time are we at here? All right, I'm going to give myself a half-ish hour to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, yeah, we've talked about everything else, so yeah. you have at it. I'm just okay. going to go take a nap. So I beat Kingdom Hearts 3 four days in. Monday night, I streamed for seven and a half hours. Tuesday night, I streamed for seven and a half hours. Wednesday night, I streamed for eight and a half hours. Thursday night, I streamed for four hours and 50 minutes. So it was like 27-ish hours that it took me to beat the game. Mm-hmm. Uh... That sure fucking is a Kingdom Hearts game, man. <laughs> so wait, Thursday you only did for four and a half hours? That's because it was over. Right. Because that was the day you had off from work, right? It was, yeah. there was uh, It was too cold outside, so they canceled canceled work. Um, I still had to go to work. I know. That's... I did not. And it so was like the, the one day that you really could have used to play. <laughs> yeah, I, there was no more to play of the story, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't stream me grinding for all the stupid bullshit for the platinum trophy i'm trying to go for now because it's just it's fucking boring for me so it'd be boring for everyone um so like other kingdom hearts games it is the same type of button mashy action that is uh that is a poster that has woody on it Mm. that you just picked up over there yeah i uh if it was just Woody, I would hang it up, but it also has Sora, Donald, and Goofy, the main characters of Kingdom Hearts, on it. So You're not going to hang it up? I don't think so. Why not? It, it just looks ugly. Oh, it doesn't it, look Generally, ugly. no. That part with Woody on it looks really sick. You should just hang um, this part up. I know, I might. There's, <laughs> there's a snake in my boot. Uh, so it is just like, it is a generic button mashy action game, and diehard Kingdom Hearts fans would rage at me for saying that, but it is true. Kingdom Hearts 2 in the end game introduced a lot more mechanics for you to have nuanced like cool combat encounters with secret bosses and stuff but like the average player is never going to dive, delve the depths of that game and everyone has been super butthurt since too because the battle systems have never had that same kind of depth three definitely is not as deep as two was it is also very easy like it's a lot easier than the previous ones um but part of that i think is because they made the combat more engaging so before you would just kind of mash x and do keyblade combos and you would have different enders and things you could do Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was mainly just like mashing x with the keyblade and sometimes throwing in magic so Kingdom Hearts 2 added the thing where you could, at certain points, push triangle to, like, react. It was called a reaction command, and it was basically just a quick time event. Mm. And usually it would cause some weird 
cool looking action scene where you do a shitload of enemy for free or, or a shitload of damage to the enemy for free right. basically which kind of made a lot of scenes in kingdom hearts too cool looking but like a little too easy kind of like reaction commands were like the easy mode button mm-hmm. more or less uh so they took those out and now i cannot remember what the fuck they call pushing triangle in it's kingdom like hearts summons, 3 right no that's different okay there are so links uh okay we're talking about two different things. The oh man, I can't think of what it was called. But anyways, there are certain things with triangle that you do. Um, the one that most people will be most familiar with is if you hit an enemy that has a green circle around it, you will be able to call a Disney attraction to you. So there are like five or six throughout the game. Uh, you can summon like the fucking pirate ship ride, right. the teacups. Uh, Space Mountain, all kinds of weird dumb shit, and they're all very pretty and light up, and they do a lot of damage. Uh, About a third of the way through the game, I stopped using them completely, because at a certain point, they stop doing a a shit ton of damage and take too long, and it just gets to be like kind of annoying, so I would stop doing them. Uh, But it does add another layer to combat. So, like, if you want to go for the enemy that has the green circle, you know, like, you can get the attraction and then be able to do damage or, like, Mm. have a weird, slightly different experience. Like, there's a merry-go-round. When you get the merry-go-round, it's like a stupid, like, really rudimentary rhythm game. The pirate ship, you have to, like, time the swinging of the ship with X. And then they have, like, big colorful finishers and they're they're interesting looking i don't think they add a lot to the gameplay of the game what does it for me is in previous kingdom hearts games with your party members you have these things called limit attacks where you would build up a combo and then use those and they do a lot of damage but you would have to use up your whole magic gauge in this it's just once you get a big enough combo you can do it sometimes Mm -hmm. uh so that that is cool you actually get to see those instead of wasting all your magic but the one that really does it for me is in kingdom hearts you as you go through the game your weapon is a key blade it is literally just a sword that is a key um and as you go through you collect different key blades and they have different abilities and different strengths in both attack and magic in previous Kingdom Hearts games, what would always end up happening is at the end of the game, you would just use the best Keyblade because there was a best Keyblade. In this game, it makes it so that it actually matters which Keyblade you use. So uh, eventually in the bottom left-hand corner, there are these like three arrows. When you do enough combos, you'll like get a little arrow. You do enough, you'll get a second one, a third one. And then if you get it again you will be able to transform your keyblade they're called transformations so each keyblade has either one or two transformations so mm. for example the one that you get in a toy story world transforms into a giant hammer and it completely changes the way the game plays it completely changes what your combos do um and so some of them only have that one uh but a lot of them have two so the one that i use for most of the game is the one that you get from the pirates of the caribbean world where it turns into the Final Fantasy spear weapon, Highwind. Mm-hmm. So you basically are going into battle, you're comboing, you can use Triangle to change it into this to extend the combo. And then the Pirates of the Caribbean one, once you combo enough with the spear, it turns into like a weird flag 
like a pirate flag and you like spin it around and do a whole bunch of shit. Okay. Uh, so that each one has different things basically. So right. it makes the gameplay with each keyblade completely different. And outside of that, you upgrade each of them individually. So like they all have mm-hmm. 10 levels. So at the end, they're all roughly the same power. Like some might be much better in magic while some are much better in attack. But I, I, I don't know. I personally thought that it mixed up the gameplay and allowed for more diversity if, right. if you wanted that, so that was cool. Because Kingdom Hearts 2 and all the other ones eventually get kind of stale after you've done your combo like 800 times. You're like, all right, I've seen this right. enough times. So it was cool to be able to mix it up. And it's even on top of that, you can hold have three equipped at once. Mm. So like if you're like, oh, I don't want this one, you can switch to one of the other two mid-battle and go that way. So for like a dumb, mashy action game, it is very good in that way. Okay. Um and also, like, because it is only 30 hours, I think a dumb, mashy... 30 hours is an appropriate yeah, it, time. Yeah, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome, right. which is one thing that I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the convoluted plot also does not really overstay its welcome. Um, the, as with all of them, the real plot doesn't kind of get going until the back third of the game. Mm-hmm. So you start and you go through all the Disney worlds... Uh, some of them I really liked, and some of them I really thought sucked. What would you say is your favorite? The Toy Story world was my favorite, followed by the Pirates of the Caribbean world, which apparently most people hated, mm-hmm. and then the Big Hero 6 world. Okay. A lot of the other ones I found to be super lame. So Kingdom Hearts 2, the level design is basically just like straight linear corridors, and the worlds are pretty small, so there's not much to do there. This, a lot of the worlds are much more open mm-hmm. uh, and, like, more fun to explore. There's just more to do. Um, but what I don't like is when they are literally just shitty retreads of the movie. So, like, Frozen. So, Frozen and uh, Tangled. Tangled are so bad. Um, like, Frozen, it's it's slightly different because Pirates of the Caribbean is a retread of the movie at World's End. Right. Right? Except Sora, Donald, and Goofy are actually inserted into the plot. Like, it seems like they're supposed to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they inter- interact with Jack Sparrow, Will Turner, and they, like, have have to do with it, right? They pilot the ship. They, they actually interact with those characters. He mm-hmm. talks to Davy Jones, right? In fucking Tangled, literally, I YouTube sent me a thing that I couldn't put up the video because Disney had claimed I had literally uploaded the movie Tangled. There's a minute and a half scene from the end of Tangled that is identical to what it is in the movie. And it was just basically one for one with the movie, except in some scenes, Sora was there in the background. Like, there's one scene where I burst out laughing because it is just, like, the scene from Tangled, and then it pans out, and it's just Sora looking in the window at the scene. And it was like, what the fuck is this? Right. Frozen was the same way. Like, Elsa sings Let It Go, and Sora's just, like, there. Yeah, I heard she sings, like, the entire song. She sings the entire song, which I love that song, so I'll let that part slide. But, Mm. yeah, that world is especially bad. How is the Monsters, Inc. world? That is my least favorite one. I think it is the worst one. Oh, that's too bad. It is too bad. So... Toy Story is, like, a completely original thing. Right. Uh, and it is cool, and you go into the toy store, and it's a very... Each store is diverse, and it's the environment is very interesting, right? And mm-hmm. Sora, Donald, and Goofy look like toys. Pirates of the Caribbean, they had a whole thing where you, like, 
have a ship and you can upgrade the mm. the ship you fight sea battles you go from island to island and it, it's very interesting um big hero six same same type of deal it's just a huge wide open city the city from the game from the movie san francisco but they work together with the creators of big hero six to basically make it like a sequel right uh which big hero six is based on a comic book anyway so yeah. it's just a comic book storyline but same thing with toy story they like worked with them for it to be a sequel which Ma- i mean they are making a new they toy are making story. toy story four so it kind of, do you think this is going to be between three and four type of thing? oh it was it was original to kingdom hearts like they mm. have their fake final fantasy video game in it and they use a bad excuse of it's not real Toy Story. Mm. Like, it is like their world was split off from another one for an experiment. That's why how they get away with being like, ah, oh, like, Bo Peep and Jesse and Bullseye aren't here. It's just Woody, Buzz, Ham, Sarge, and Rex. Okay. And the aliens. Uh, so that one is like a wholly original Kingdom Hearts story. Whereas okay. Monst- Monsters, Inc. is also a sequel. Mm. Um, they're, they're running everything on laughter. Like they were going to at the end of one, but then Randall comes back and is a dick. And that's the whole plot. But that world, instead of being open and interesting to explore like the other ones, is just a fucking straight line the whole way through. And none of the enemies are really that interesting. One of the best scenes in the game does happen at the end where it's one of the only interactions that Disney characters have with the other Kingdom Hearts characters that aren't Sora can't spoil that but sully is a boss that boy that scene is stupid and it's so good um but yeah so so the worlds are more open and more interesting and varied i think they might get a little carried away with the fucking kingdom hearts mini games Mm -hmm. as they sometimes do they're usually my least favorite parts of those games but they always have a too many mini games uh they're pretty good there are some aspects of the Kingdom Hearts plot that are like a little rushed and not explained as well as they could be just because they're like, hey, we're trying to tie up almost every loose end we have here. Uh, and I, for the most part, I think they do a good job. They didn't necessarily explain everything I wanted them to explain, but I think everything that needed to be tied up and in there was pretty tied up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one one thing that I I couldn't get over the whole time was... People complain about the convoluted plot of Kingdom Hearts all the time. Right. Like they, that's just the butt of every joke. People yeah. make fun of it for that. Um, and the staunchest defenders of it would always be like, "Well, you don't have to play the mobile game." Hey guys, I'm here to tell you, you should fucking watch a plot synopsis of the mobile game because, mm-hmm. holy shit, man, I did not think that at the end of this game, they were going to lean into the mobile game as hard as they did, but they went, instead of just like, oh yeah, we'll reference this, they went all the way in, man. Like, the next Kingdom Hearts game will have 99% to do with what the mobile game's plot is, and it is such a fucking bummer, because I think the plot of that mobile game is pretty good, actually. Right. The game fucking sucks. Which, if you I buy pl- the collection, I, you can just kind of watch. The you movie, can, right? but not the what they're referencing. Oh, you! That, I had to watch an hour long YouTube video because I quit playing the mobile game, which I had played for a long time. But it became so pay to win that I could not. I was just like, I can't keep playing this game. So wait, the movie doesn't have what? What they reference? It has part of it. Oh, that seems like they didn't do a good job. With so the so movie. the the. 
there is some stuff from the movie that does carry over, and that right. stuff is all very important and cool, and they actually... Will you have at least context for everything that happens? Or yes, world... you will have context for some of it. So you won't understand everything? Not everything. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. It's fucking rough. Uh, so the mobile game, very important. <laughs> Sounds like... Which I should... thought was funny, because I had a couple people who I know didn't play the mobile game like say, like... Hey, like, who is this character? Mm-hmm. Did I like black out during a Kingdom Hearts game? And I was like, no, I do know who that is, and I can't really explain it to you because I can't give you the context of the entire plot for the mobile game to explain who this person is. How long is the mobile game? I mean, if you were gonna play it, you would like it would take forever. Really? And most of it is just a shitty retread of the story of Kingdom Hearts One Disney World. So mm. like, it's a shitty retread of Aladdin, right? And then the parts, so like watching like a 50 minute YouTube video, you'll get everything you need to know and not have to play the garbage ass mini game. So don't even watch the movie on the... No, watch that. That actually is pretty cool. So watch that and then watch the YouTube. That's that's your recommendation. And, and that's all before you play. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, definitely, definitely that. before you beat it. Right. Okay. Um, right. Well, you might as well do that before you play. You might game. as well. I mean, if you're that invested in Kingdom Hearts, if you yeah, don't yeah. care, that stuff's not going to mean anything to you, anyways. Uh, but there was a part where halfway through the game, I predicted a plot twist, and I said it live on stream. I was like, "This is going to happen. I'm fucking calling it now. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, man." I was right, and I, oh, I, I am excited for where Kingdom Hearts is going. I told you about the secret ending earlier. Yes, that which... is a big deal for me as someone who is a big fan of mm-hmm. a lot of things that I right. guess I can't say because I'll spoil what the secret ending is. I will say that I didn't have any context. No, you have to no any... context. <laughs> but I, I personally, but I can tell you're excited. I am here to tell you that I think that the next Kingdom Hearts game could be my favorite one. Probably not the favorite one of people who have been fans of Kingdom Hearts so far, but they've had their time. It's my time as someone who is a moderate fan of Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. and likes them as games. I am not like the most diehard Kingdom Hearts fan, but I am all on board. Before, I was like, man, Nomura is uh, doing some crazy convoluted bullshit and he needs to tone it back. He no longer needs to tone it back. I am all the way on board with the shit that he has put down. <laughs> They closed so many plot threads, we gotta open up 3,000 different ones. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a good game. I I've, I okay. think that, like, outside of it being a Kingdom Hearts game, it is a legitimately good game. If you had, like, never played one before, the back third of that game will be meaningless to you, and you probably will hate a lot of the cutscenes. Mm. Uh, a yeah. lot of, like, early on, it seems like from everything that I've read, you will have a decent time with just, like, the little individual Disney stories. Yes. Uh, unless you are not a huge fan of, like, the weird retread stories, like right. Tangled, uh, which it, it's crazy. Like, looking at opinions online, people have very different opinions about what their favorite worlds are. Like, when I was going through it, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, the Tangled world is my favorite world. And I was like, what the mm. fuck is happening? No, that's, I, that was I the never, second one. And I was like, that shit sucks. I never pl- watched Tangled. I never watched Tangled either, but okay. now I have seen it. Okay. And I still didn't like mm-hmm. it. So if I had seen the movie, it probably would have been even worse. Probably. Uh, Which I know it's just basically Rapunzel. So it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you would say this is a pretty good game. I do. I did like it. Um, Where would you say it ranks? <sighs> 
I can't say that. Okay. I don't really know. I it is not as good as Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Would you say But that it's... is an unfair comparison because that was an updated version of Kingdom Hearts 2 where they fixed all the issues that it mm. had and added more content. Would you say this fits high high in the list, medium or low? Uh, I would say high for me. Okay. I a lot of people are very upset with how easy it is, mm. and they did not include the hardest difficulty that they normally include. Uh, and it even seems like it's easy on the hardest difficulty. So me playing on standard where it was really easy. You like, sometimes like a game that's easier. Than sometimes I do, and I think that especially with Kingdom Hearts, when I go through the first time, I don't want it to be like hilarious, like ridiculously right. challenging. Like I'm not looking for like fucking dark souls combat from my kingdom hearts game but the thing that is disappointing is especially looking at like kingdom hearts 2 final mix and a lot of the other games they have a lot of post-game content that is cool and challenging and gives you a reason to grind for this stuff kingdom hearts 3 is a little lacking in that department but to be fair to it those other games were re-released updates with more stuff they said they were not going to do that with this one, but I think that there could be DLC. Mm -hmm. uh, and so hopefully that rectifies a lot of the issues with like the end game and the post game issues that I have with right. it. But like for a, just like a 27 hour experience going through it, I did really like it. Mm -hmm. um, I probably liked it actually more than I thought I was going to. I went in thinking I was going to be very disappointed, I think. Right. Uh, but it, it lived up to my expectations, and I don't think there were any places where it really, like, dropped the ball, uh, especially in terms of the story mm -hmm. and stuff. Like, for as much as went into this over the past 17 years, like, I think they did the best they could right. with the ending without, like, having every cutscene be, like, 17 hours long to be like, well, and this is why this is happening. They just kind of are like, here's this. If you mm -hmm. don't get it, then that's fine, but this is what's happening. It also seems like they did a, as good of a job as they could at making it accessible for people who have never played a Kingdom Hearts game. Like I as, feel like they did as good a job as, the, as, as you possibly yeah, could. The, yeah, yes. there is no yeah. I mean, like there was no way to make it so like you can hop in here and be completely fine. No. But they it by all by what it sounds like they did as good a job as they could possibly. But yeah, do. for someone who had not who has never played any of the other ones before, like mm. I think you would have fun with the first two thirds if you're mm. like a big Disney fan. The fucking last third of this game would be so insanely rough though like you might as well just quit there i think at that point or you that's when you kind of start looking stuff on youtube i, I and guess like even wikipedia and... there was a point i thought i was going to full-on cry during this game i only teared up in one scene mm -hmm. uh which is the one i thought i would tear up at so that's cool it it, it was good as a like a culmination to like a 17 year multi media crossover venture it worked, and boy, people were like, what if they don't make another one? Well, they're making another one. <laughs> don't you worry about it. Um, I, I assume the sales were off the charts. Uh, I believe it's it was definitely the fastest-selling Kingdom Hearts game yet. I can't remember if it was 3 or 5 million that they sold like in the mm. first couple days. But yeah, it's uh, they're still trucking along. Yeah. So one thing I thought was going to happen, uh, I had predicted that they would drop Disney for games going forward be so they wouldn't have to like worry as much about licensing. Mm -hmm. I was not aware that 
Disney owns the Kingdom Hearts characters as well. Oh. So they literally would never be able to do that. Oh, okay. I like that. I was unaware Disney owns Sora, Kyrie, and Rinku and all their faves. So Square did. They uh they cannot separate themselves from that. I was gonna ask. Do you think they've done a good enough job? building up enough characters basically building up oh, the definitely. kingdom hearts world they, they definitely could. have the kingdom hearts world could stand on its own now right, without, without the, the disney, disney characters propping it up but they uh literally can't do that i'm guessing it was part of the initial deal of like, oh, almost certainly disney was like okay we'll let you do all this weird stuff but we own everything so that's why i thought it was crazy and when i first learned that i looked it up because they Disney sent me a copyright strike for the intro video done by the Japanese singer that's all Kingdom Hearts stuff. And it was a Disney claim. And I was mm-hmm. like, wouldn't this be a Square Enix claim? And they were like, nah, they own all of that. And I was like, mm, cool. <laughs> so I personally would have thought they would have gotten rid of that and then just been like, we've established this enough to stand on its own. But I think that Disney is why a lot of people come to it. And without the with just the weird Tetsuya Nomura anime bullshit characters, I think most people would leave. So, I do you think the hardcore? I feel like the hardcore Kingdom Hearts fans are not necessarily there for the Disney stuff. That is true. Like I am not there for the Disney stuff, but most people are, and that is why it sells so much. Right. Where because the Disney for stuff like, for you, I assume, is just like a fun add. Yeah, it's a fun add-in. But you're not there for. No, that. definitely not. But I. I was there for the Toy Story. Mm-hmm. As, like, Toy Story fan number one, they did a good job. Uh, oh, what was it? Jim Hanks? Tom Hanks' brother does uh, does Woody. Oh. It's a good facsimile mm-hmm. for Tom Hanks. Right. They're, uh, they're Tim Allen sound alike. They didn't get Jim Allen? <laughs> no. No Jim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> uh, they're Tim Allen sound alike 50-50. Sometimes you're like, all right. I see, I see you here trying your best. And other times it's like, whew, rough. But my favorite voice acting thing is that Haley Joel Osment, the voice of the main character, Sora, he was 13 years old when the yeah. first Kingdom Hearts game came out. He's fucking 30 years old now. And you know what? He does a stellar job of sounding cl- as close to what he sounded like then as you could. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't hold up. Specific, okay, so specifically, most almost all the story scenes sounds totally fine. There is one line where I legitimately thought to myself, who the fuck is talking right now? <laughs> so you have a, a weird phone thing that you take pictures with. You can, like, take selfies. But there are Mickey Mouse emblems throughout the world. Right. And so you can take a, a picture of those. When you're walking around the world and one is near... Donald or Goofy will be like, hey, Sora, I think there's a lucky emblem. There's one where Sora says it. Fucking, oh my God. They should have done another take. It sounds like, hey, guys, we're doing the fucking lucky emblem. And it was like, what's going on, my man? And it is just like the least Sora sounding mm. voice ever. And I was like, boy, I can't believe they didn't tell him to do another take of this hotline read <laughs> for this one. But, uh. He does a good job, mm-hmm. and he announced recently that he would love to continue voicing Sora for all of time. Okay. So, cool. he'll keep going. Yeah, because I don't... What does he really do anymore? Uh, he is in a TV show called Future Man. Okay. And something else. I've heard of Future Man. Apparently, it's pretty good. People who seem to like it. Uh, I have seen clips of that show where he accidentally slips into his high-pitched Sora voice. So, that's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, he he does a good job. I think mm-hmm. that uh, 
David Gallagher does a good job as Riku. I most of the voice acting I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts overall. I hope that the madness continues for years to come. Mm-hmm. I probably will. But if you were gonna stop now, excuse me. Like if you were a Kingdom Hearts fan, you're like, all right, I'm good now. You could stop after three. Like they tie up enough of it where you could be satisfied. And the things they set up, you could be like, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's not for me. So How? I know you had initially said that Scott hates the game. Scott is a, a friend and co-worker yes. of yours. So he gets mad when I say that he hates it. He says that he was not having a good time initially. Uh, and he was one of the diehard Kingdom Hearts 2 fans who was like, I love this combat. And he thought the combat in 3 was too easy. Uh, he has enjoyed it more now. Okay. He's also going for the platinum trophy, the ridiculous grind. Which he goes for like every platinum. He does, but he said that as the game went on, he had more fun with it. Okay. And he ended up thinking that it's okay. Uh, But I still say every time I see him, why do you hate Kingdom Hearts (laughs) 3 so much? And then he gets upset. So I like that. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Kingdom Hearts 3, it is... Was it necessarily worth the 17-year wait? Which it's not really that long of a wait. No, but I mean from Kingdom Hearts 1 to now. Like, was it worth the 17-year build-up for the story? Like, maybe not. But it is still a good conclusion. And if you grew up with Kingdom Hearts, you Mm. will very much enjoy it. Yeah. And so I think that was, like, exactly the time I said, oh, yeah, that's what's up. 27 minutes. Uh, So that'll do it for us here. Um next week you didn't want to talk about crackdown no we're gonna talk about crackdown in two weeks matt because we're gonna talk about the games we played and then we're gonna talk about crackdown because it'll be out then it will probably we can we can just literally talk all about crackdown and i don't think we have to worry about spoilers no because you just the spoiler is you kill gang members and then you can fight the final boss whenever Mm -hmm. uh one of the spoilers is that it may suck but we don't know that it wanna I see this is where you and I disagree. I think it's gonna be somewhere around six point five to a seven five on Metacritic. That's my prediction. Okay. That's a good prediction. I see, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be like the most fun game I've ever played. It's or not gonna be that. the least fun game I've ever played. I need it to suck or be the best game ever. I just I don't see that. I don't know, man. I think it could suck. I have very much faith that it will suck. I, yeah, I. So the little bit I've seen of it, which was about fifteen minutes of gameplay, it looks okay. Crackdown one is so good. They're giving that away for free. I know, and it's so good. I downloaded it. It's so fucking good. It's I, such but dumb I don't, fun. Don't think I want to play it. Well, because then you'll be disappointed by Crackdown Three. No, but like I don't want to like burn myself on Crackdown One and then like play Crackdown or 3 play and... Crackdown Three and then if you're like, wow, I don't really like this, see what Crackdown One was all about. See, I heard it hasn't aged well, which is mm. entirely possible. It's really stupid. Mm-hmm. I think that how stupid it is will have aged just the perfect okay. amount for you to jump over a skyscraper and be like, this is so dumb. <laughs> Uh, I remember, man, Willie fucking played that game hmm. so much. Just like playing dumb online multiplayer and the multiplayer seems level weird. leveling up the cars and doing all kinds of weird shit. But yeah, we'll talk about Crackdown uh, next podcast because it will be out then, and we will have had 
a week to play it. One final tidbit. Yeah. I heard that initially, one reason why it took so long is initially they made it as just a multiplayer game. And then after a couple years of development, they're like, wait, nobody like is going to like this. So then they had to make a single player campaign <laughs> That is always my least favorite thing to hear when developers delay a game. Like, usually their statement will be like, yeah, we just want it to be the best that it can be. But sometimes they're like, yeah, it just, like, wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. So, like, we had to make it fun. And it's like, oh, my God. Why would you say that? Like, that's very incriminating for your fucking game you've been struggling to make. Which, in fairness, in this case, it's like, wait. Do people like Crackdown for the multiplayer? I Some people did. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Some people, uh, like me, like the single player as well. It just... yeah, Dude, this game was troubled. And oh, this game? <laughs> it's, what, five, six years in development? Yes, but like also it was supposed to be out like four times by now. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that... I can't believe it's coming Like out. it is like a normal development cycle for some games, but like... They were supposed to be out. It was supposed mm. to launch with the Xbox One X. It was yeah. supposed to be out like the summer before that, and then the summer before that, like it, the game was supposed to take like two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's no. not where we're at. So. But we will see you next time to talk all about Crackdown and whatever hot news comes up. I'll probably talk about Yokai Watch Three. I played it for like three minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm so excited to play that game. He moves to America. The town he lives in is called BBQ. Oh. And his neighbor came up to him and started talking in a Texas uh, Southern accent. And I said, this game is awesome. I'm going to have to Platinum Kingdom Hearts 3 and then put all of my attention to just really soak in what Japanese people feel like America is like. (laughs) Because so far, whoa, we're all Texas. Mm -hmm. And we all go to burger joints all the time i mean that's true for me right but boy yeah and i will be talking about uh steam world dig too nice it is pretty good i watched kelvin play that a lot yeah i uh just started it and i wanted to come here a little earlier and then i started playing it and then i was like oh i need to leave yeah it's one of those types of things Mm -hmm. where i feel like you just get sucked in yeah Uh, yeah. so i only played it for a half hour so that's why i didn't really talk about it i just kind of picked it up yeah same i only played yokai watch for four minutes and then said whoa i gotta Mm -hmm. focus all my chi into this bad boy uh so yeah we will catch you in two weeks in two weeks for some crackdown but before that uh the theme song sting operation is by the band anamanaguchi they're sick do chip tunes check them out and we will catch you guys in two weeks peace out <laughs>